And they are not cleaning the car. They are stood around talking. I don't know what language they're speaking in, but they're talking. They're talking away. I'm thinking, what is going on? I've left my car to get cleaned. This is a nightmare. I don't have a lot of time. Welcome to Do You Know What I Mean podcast. Today, I'm absolutely buzzing. I've got one of my mates and a great comic and a brilliant impressionist, Danny Postel. Oh, thanks for having me, mate. This is a pleasure. To be honest, it's took a while, hasn't it? Because we've been meaning to do it for quite a long time. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and now we're here. And I've got to say, I'm loving the studio, by the way. Yeah, it's lovely, it's isn't lovely, it? It's lovely, it? Especially the ultimate... I mean, you've got you've got Muhammad Ali, Richard Pratt. The ultimate warrior. I'm loving that one. Because that <laughs> yeah. was when wrestling was wrestling. Oh, do you yeah, know what I mean? The best day, when you had, There was him, there was Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan. Remember Andre? Do you know? Do you know that story? Andre the Giant. He drunk 150 beers in one sitting. Yeah, yeah. I've That's seen mental, that. isn't it? It's insane. You tell that to people in Hartlepool or Borough. They go, shut up! I'll be able to fucking do that, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we fucking five bags of sniffing to us. Seeing that, I actually went to watch that. Um, have you seen that Cocaine Bear? That film? Do you know what? I've, the first time I heard of it, as, as much as I sound like an, I sound like an old person here, was when you mes- mentioned it to me. Yeah, yeah. So I looked it up. Good. Yeah. Was it good? But it it was good and it was shit at the same time because it yeah. was like meant to be funny as well and it was like you know scary movie esque humor yeah yeah but I liked scary movie but I, but the last time I watched scary movie movie scary <laughs> scary movie the last time I watched scary movie was um I'd have been about I was in school I must have been yeah. in school yeah it, it was weird though because I was sat in the cinema in Hartlepool. Just listening to people going, I'll tell you what, mate, uh, the bear wouldn't be acting like that if it was my gear. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I sell the best of the best, mate. <laughs> so, Danny, what's a crack like? So, obviously, let's take it back to when you were younger. When you were young, you grew up in Hartlepool. Yeah. Have you always been funny? Um, I used to do impressions of my teachers. Is that how it started? So, yeah, when I started, it was, uh, I think John Motcham was my, uh, my first uh, first voice I ever did, which was uh, on FIFA at the time. Sadly, we lost Motley, didn't he? He was the best commentator ever. And um, yeah, and and then I just started, oh, Beckham was one of my other ones I started doing, you know, and then it was just sort of, <laughs> Steve Irwin, remember him? Yeah, yeah, the Crocodile I used to love Steve Irwin. I loved Steve Irwin, I was a he, massive... The thing Steve- is, you just watch his videos on YouTube and you go... This is crazy. Like, a man just goes that close to these snakes and, and reptiles, and, and he got killed off a stingray. I know. Well, I, Steve Irwin was, like, he was, like, probably my, probably one of my first, like, I, I wouldn't say I've ever had heroes, but probably one of my first heroes. You know, when I was a kid? He's, so when, yeah. When, when, I, when I, I went to, I went on a, um, I was lucky, I went on a holiday with my mum and dad when I was younger, and my brothers to Florida, and I ended up buying a, you know, like, a, um, for anyone who's watching Animal Rights here, a stuffed crocodile head but for anyone watching animal rights the crocodiles were already injured apparently yeah <laughs> apparently so they cut the heads off now that, <laughs> no they were already they'd already been attacked or something or they were dying so yeah. what they used to do to make money this so we went to this farm it wasn't like one where they're in captive we went yeah. down the i think it's the everglades in florida Oh I think yeah, it's like, it's what is it the Everglades, isn't it, in Florida? I think there's, there's I'll, only I'll three, it up. Yeah, it's like there's three rivers. There's like three other things, aren't they? Yeah, there's three rivers in the world that only go that certain way or something. Right. And the Everglades is one of them. And uh, it was the first time I must have been about 13, 14 year old, and we went on this big like jet boat, and that was because of me being obsessed with Steve Irwin. Yeah, you know, like, like I was like, me mum and dad, I want to go and see Crocodile. Uh, and and he used to get excited, didn't he? Like, when he nearly got killed, like I remember watching him on Frank Skinner before. 
And he was like, ah, oh, mate, it's an articulated python. And it was like right round me. And I was about to die, mate. And I was like, and I was down to my last breath, but my mate came over and he saved me. Woohoo, that was a, that was dangerous, mate. But he, he got like really excited about yeah. things like that. And I think, and I know this sounds awful, it's probably how we would have wanted to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's sad, like, I've seen a few videos of the... There's a bit of like when he when he it was a big thing when he died, wasn't it? Mm. You seen his oh, kids now? It was though. like a wild. Well, his his, his little son, but well, his oh. little son. I remember Baby Bob. Yeah, he, he had a it was, he, it was Baby Bob at the time, mm. and he had him with with a fucking uh, there was a crocodile, yes. and he and he was going like that with his kid, like neither crocodile. <laughs> I was like, mate, what are you doing? Meanwhile, I'm you following know? my son around trying to stop and put his fingers in plug sockets, and he's like, no, I'm like, you're yeah, all right, just yeah, grab him yeah. by the snout, you're what all right. What you need to do, mate, get your kid and just put him by a croc. Woohoo, he'll be grand, mate. Woohoo, danger, danger, then, danger. His catchphrases were great, though, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, class, and then. Later on, years later, Steve was doing it just on a fucking zip line. Was it a zip line or <laughs> oh, a way? With pieces of meat oh, stuck yeah. out of his thong. You know yeah. why he's why he's crawling over on a, on a, what was it over a tight what 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 a tight rope wasn't it? He used to walk across a tightrope with meat hanging out of his ass. Something like that. What, above did, a load of crocodiles and alligators. That was off at that jackass, wasn't it? Oh, did you see when he went jellyfish bobbing? I think I might. He have, just put yeah. his face. Is this it there? There he is. There. Wow. Every time he fell, he added a bit of meat. To be honest, I- I'm surprised they didn't get his cock vest because it's got some package on him, like, honey. <laughs> what whatever happened to Weema? He never... <laughs> See them all standing around in thongs. <laughs> what, they've got thongs on him? Yeah, and just attach- every time he falls, they attach a bit of meat to him. <laughs> That's right, you've got 30 seconds left. I, yeah. I, I can't, there are, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. You're doing well, you're doing well. Well, the fact is a sign as well. No trespassing, no swimming, but... They wouldn't have listened, I'm a celebrity, would they? Oh, my days. That is You've crazy. got to be a massive adrenaline junkie for that, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to have something wrong with you, I think. Yeah. Is that... That's not just like brave. That's that's he could die. He like he genuinely could get snapped. <laughs> I think he puts it in his ass, doesn't he? And then <laughs> makes a crocodile take it out his ass. There are people. I watch loads of videos on Facebook and that. And there's people who can the sort of tame crocodiles. I seen one bloke. He was swimming with one. Watch <laughs> how so excited they're all getting. <laughs> Doesn't seem too bothered about the meat, does he? He just wants, wants him. Oh my god. Oh my god, I flinched then. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I remember, I, I love Jack. And then there was the other one, wasn't there? There was the one in the Welsh one. Dirty Sanchez. Dirty Sanchez. Dirty Sanchez. That was just insane. Wasn't and it? I feel like they just they were just trying to outdo each other. Yeah, Dirty Sanchez was just like, oh, this week we're going to. Will chop his fingers off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, and, and because it's in a Welsh accent as well, <laughs> it just sounds rough as out of it, you know what I mean? Like, we'll have a line of coke. Yeah, I mean, yeah, chop his fucking fingers off. And then, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's just like, what are you doing? You know? Then when, when I was doing a gig in, in Wales, I think Poncho was in the hotel. We were there, we were trying to get, get pictures. I think it was Poncho, one of them off Dirty Sanchez. But I don't know what ever happened to them. I don't know if they're still going or if any of them are still 
well known or anything or I think probably intensive care put <laughs> <laughs> themselves yeah, through the cemetery yeah it's mental the, isn't it so obviously back to we've just totally diverted off haven't we we're just started? talking about our childhood mate I love I that though because there was Jackass there was Dirty Sanchez because we're the same age, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Sim- so, obviously, age, the stuff... And like, Liam's, Liam's 34. Liam's yeah. 34. So. so, the stuff that we had in our childhood, I think, were, like, much better. Oh, you, 100%. Well, that's what I think now. Obviously, I don't watch telly that much now. I don't think telly's big no more. No, though. it's not. YouTube, Te- Netflix. Mm. If, if I watch Netflix. But um, back in our day, it was like... You knew some bloke up the road who could get your games for chipped, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, chipped games. Remember? Chipped games, yeah. WWF Warzone. Yeah, chipped for a game. Stone Cold wins, <laughs> and then he looks like a scouser, he's doing that. Yeah, There was something wrong with the graphics. I used to tell, well, brother, I got it, I got it chipped, and our brother, we used to all, it was me and me two brothers, we'd share the PlayStation, but obviously they wanted to play on that as well, because they liked the wrestling. But obviously me who wanted the game. And when uh, when it came out, I used to go to my brother's, Look how, look how good the graphics are. You know, like, buzzing. Like, Stonko came in, like, he chit himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have no music. I used to go, ah, and he yeah. just walked in. And then, yeah. and then SmackDown came out, didn't it? And they had music and they had a Titan Tron. You yeah, know, in the, in the background now. And, you, like, could oh, do, and is... you could do backstage fights. Yeah, yeah. And there was, there was, w, there was a WCW one. Wait, that was the first one, wasn't it? Where you could do backstage fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, but it was just slow as out. WCW versus NWO Revenge. That was on the N64. There, were the, there was Thunder and there was Revenge. Yeah, the, yeah, the Revenge, that was the one. Yeah. Sting and Harlem. I used to love Tomb Raider, me. Yeah, yeah. I think that was most All teenagers' used to, first wanks. Yeah. <laughs> I used to I used eight, to bit, eight bit wanks. <laughs> I used to just just jump over that the, the butler. I'd just go in the house, you know, the butler. Yeah, and he'd be yeah. walking around. He'd hear. Ooh, ooh. And do you remember? <laughs> I didn't used to have a wank of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I used to I used to make him follow me because he'd follow you the butler. And then, like, you just open the fridge, yeah. you know, that big fridge freezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd follow you in there, and then I'd leave him and just lock him in the fridge. And you'd, and most of the time, the game would be that bitty and, like, glitchy. Like, his hand had just come through the fridge, you know, and he'd just sit <laughs> in it. Do you remember? Yeah. Shaking his fist I do. Yeah. I used to love Tomb Raider where she sort of ran into a wall and done an orgasm. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. remember that? You just kept She's doing a wall and go, oh, I don't know what, <laughs> what was that noise you used to make at this office? That was on purpose. Well, can I imagine if it was one in Butter? <laughs> Every time she ran in the world, fucking hell. I know, yeah. <laughs> I has. Yeah, I'm going to get our kids round. It's your fault that, like, building that fucking wall in front of my face. <laughs> I has. That's what it should have been. I has, shouldn't it? I has. Yeah, yeah. I has. Remember that? I has. I has. What are you doing? I has. Yeah. Them, them used to set the piss and go, I has. Back to you. Yeah. And that used to piss you off even more, did, didn't it? So did you... Uh, did you always want to be a comic, or do you think you... What were you like in school? I... Well, originally I wanted to be a goalkeeper. I used to play for Hartlepool. You played for Hartlepool, the proper Hartlepool team. I was on, like, I was on... I got released just before YTS. Yeah. And I remember we were playing over in Canada, uh, in, in Kitchener, Ontario. And um, I remember we were the only English team there. Yeah, yeah. And um, these girls were like rounders. Yeah, and because th- uh, my mate told told them that he was David Beckham's brother, and she believed him. Yeah, did he look like David own... Beckham? He's a good-looking boy, like, but he, he was black. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Now, now like him. <laughs> she still believes him because we were English, you know. And uh, I remember, like, she asked how we were getting. One of the girls asked how we were getting on. I was playing in goal, and I thought, well, like, we got beat our first two games because we weren't used to the climate because it was really hot. Yeah, because in Canada they have specific seasons. They have 
you know, the autumn, winter, summer split, they're all like exact. So it's freezing in the winter, red hot in yeah, the summer. Yeah. And um, we were just getting used to the climate. So I, I thought, well, I can't tell them we lost. So I said to this girl, I says, oh, we, um, I said, well, the first match, I said, we won 1 0. I said, we were just getting used to the climate. I said, and then the second match, I said, we pissed it. I said, we won 3 1. I didn't know my manager was sat behind me in McDonald's. He went, what game have you been watching? Like, no, and you've been letting them goals in, you fucking useless bastard. <laughs> <laughs> These girls just walked off. It was like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so you could go, I didn't know you were a goalkeeper. Yeah, I used to play in goal. Um, Did you wear the hat? Yeah, well, because I don't look fit enough to play out. But <laughs> so, um, I said, did you wear the hat? The hat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to, well, obviously in the summer. Who used to, what goalkeepers used to wear a hat that sort of made it? Didn't Peter Schmeichel used to wear one now and again? Didn't you? Now Michael? and again. Now Bruce and again. Grobble, I used to wear one, didn't he? And I remember as well, Bart, Bart remember Fabian Bartes? Yeah, yeah. Play, I'm, I'm from Manchester, so I was a United yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. And he was Go, the only left back. Had, he had no sleeves, did he? Yeah. And then I started doing that for a bit. It sort of set a trend off. Yeah, you, see, I played football. I wasn't like, I was playing Sunday League. I wasn't ever playing for like a, a team like Borough or Hartlepool, or, but I played Sunday League left wing or centre forward. And. It's mad, isn't it, how kids go through trends playing football, like Thierry Henry wore his socks over his knees, so we all started wearing our socks over our knees, and that, uh, yeah. Eric Cantona had his collar up, you know, you'd wear your collar everyone up Everyone had the co- Eric Cantona collar, didn't they? Yeah, everyone used to that. say it was because of a tattoo, was that yeah. true? Well, he played, that- for, he played for Leeds United before he came to us. And Did he have a tattoo on? There was a rumour he had an, an LUFC tattoo on the back of his neck, but... The not true that was. And then he just fly kicked some fucker in the audience. Remember yeah, that? yeah, quality. That was off, that was Sheffield United, wasn't it? Was it? It was Crystal Palace, I thought. Crystal Palace yeah. away. Yeah. His fan was winding him up. Boat Enter the dragon dum. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I remember Zidane headbutted that guy as well. Remember yeah. Zidane when he yeah. headbutted. It was in the World Cup, wasn't it? It was in the World Cup, yeah. Football was more fun then. I don't really. F- I think it was. It was a bit more allowed, wasn't there? A bit more like. Especially when yeah. they got the likes of Gaza. Yeah, Gaza. And then you had. Uh, and then you also had um, Paul Lynch when he had his head bandaged up playing. Yeah. You, when, you know, was that against Italy? When they were playing? I can't remember. Just blood all over him playing. Well, you know, Gaza was... Cause I went with John Barnes and... Um, well, we both went with Gaza. Yeah, he's great. What a guy. Yeah, lovely guy. Just a grip. But he always jokes about, like... Obviously, he had a, he's had a drink problem. Yeah. But he, he, when I was talking to him about it, he was just like... I think his way of getting over it is joking. Like, yeah, I think he's one of the... I think with Gaza, is from me meeting him personally, and it'll be the same with you... Because he knew when I was talking to him, obviously the first time I met him, he said, oh, see, he'll know me, Danny. So when I mentioned you, he was like, oh, yeah, you can do his voice, obviously. He's like, I know Danny, great lad and all that. I said, when I, when I first met Gaza, he said to us, um, I tell you what, son, I thought you were fucking great on Britain's Got Talent. And, and I'm going, I'm meant to say it to you, I love that goal you scored again. Yeah. Like, when you well, this is what, Colin Henry this is what, But this is what I was about to say. Uh, this is how much of a nice guy he is. So worked with him the first time when I mentioned about knowing you. Got to know him, worked with him again at Hardwick Hall. And then the third time, it was at like this, this boxing event. Um, wasn't a, no, it was a Gaza event, obviously, but it was a guy who promotes boxing. Great, a great lad. Anyway, so when I went up to the green room, I was out the way and there was like, I had all the stuff, like Gaza was all like, you, you, all your food and that that you want and all your drinks that you want. But there, were, there was like a family sat on their own and it was like Gaza's family. And they weren't ignoring me, they were nice. They were just like, hiya. And I went and sat on my own just in the corner because I was thinking I'm going on stage in like half an hour yeah. I'll just sit on my own for a bit I don't want to go and bother his family did when you play on that royal thingy that game <laughs> yeah, yeah. what's it called again yeah, that yeah. game <laughs> and I haven't got I didn't download that yet I only downloaded it a few weeks oh, ago oh it's addictive the, isn't the, it? what's it called the one royal it's crush, like Candy Crush yeah. isn't it what's it called I should know I've seen that because he's got it as well 
It's so addictive. Amy tells me off for playing on it all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, well, that's his as well. I know. It, do you know what it is? I don't know what it is. It's some, you get some satisfaction. I'm into his, Royal Match. I'm into his museum Out now. just smashing bricks up. It's like, yeah. that's what it, Candy Crush is, isn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm into his museum now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when building... Little... I've completed the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I... But this is what like type of guy Paul Gascoigne is, is when, when I was um, on my own, just sat on my own, he came in and obviously everyone started buzzing off Gaza. Like, not not when he was in the room, in the back room. And when he came in, like, um, he noticed me. He was like, ah, oh, James. And, he, and I, was, I was like, hey, mate, all right. And he was a like, great comedian, fantastic comedian. We're all going to watch him. We're all going to watch him. And we're all going to sit on the balcony and watch him. Yeah. And I was thinking, fucking hell, I hope I'm a, he's going on so much about how good I am. Yeah. I hope I'm going to perform here anyway. I had, yeah. a really, I had a really good gig. It's done like half an hour of just like ripping the crowd a bit. Yeah. And when I came off after, he was like, fucking excellent, son. Like, yeah. and he was like, ruthless and all that. Like, having loads of crack with us. Anyway, he was going out for a, a smoke. So I said, I'll come and have a chat with you. Like, so I was, we were both walking outside and everyone's hounding him, you know, like, oh, Gaza. Yeah. And every time, honestly, every time someone came over to him and said, uh, oh, you're the greatest footballer that's ever lived and all that, he'd go, thank you. And then he'd go, did you see the comedian there? He was great, wasn't he? And I thought, what a, like, that's a sign of someone who's... Selfless. Who's good. Do you yeah. know, like, they're good at what they do and, like, like just a good person. And he, you can sort of see how many people have probably took advantage of... He doesn't have to of. take the attention on himself because he just knows how good he is and but how that's probably why he's he been, was. The press have took advantage of him over the years, haven't they? Like, that's probably why. You've got it's to be terrible. Honest. You know, the, the, it's terrible. Like, when he was saying to me about the drinking and that, like, and, and he was... And I'm going, wow. Because he just still... There was no boundaries with his humour. And that's the thing with comedy now, do you know what I mean? Like, the best way to get over things is by doing jokes about it. Like, he, he told me, like, he says, oh, he said, um, I was terrible, man. He said, I, I was drinking, like, three bottles of whiskey a day, and I thought, this needs to stop. I said, what did you do? He said, I sat drinking three bottles of gin. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean just... Yeah, it's just... But he's, he's a naturally funny man. Oh, he's really funny. Very funny he's, man. It's a coping mechanism. But don't you find a lot, and, and that's not been, like, um, us and them. It's not been like that with about um, different parts of the country, but... I think the northeast sense of humour is very funny. I do. I think the northeast sense of humour is. I think anything goes, and I feel like it's the same in Scotland. Yeah, that's what I think Scotland as well. Yeah. I was saying this to Liam Farrelly last night, the Scottish comedian who was on last night. I was yeah. saying, and that's he's what's funny. It. I've worked with him, yeah. And, and I'm not saying um, I'm not taking anything away from anyone like Southern because there's some great Southern comics. We both know great Southern. Gotten, yeah, uh, but I feel like North. Like, we all maybe we've been. I don't know. Maybe we've. I don't know. I don't know what it would be. Would you say we've had more? Like, I, ju- I just feel like, because there was a lot of work in men's clubs, it's yeah. weird, right? So I'd done a gig. I turned this club in Sheffield, right? And it looked rough as assholes. And I thought, oof, I'm going to have a battle with this lot tonight. They were brilliant, mate. And yeah. there was a queue a mile long for me book after. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I yeah. just thought, wow. Like, and, and I just didn't even think that they would be the type to buy books. But that was my fault for well, being too judgmental. Because you thought they couldn't read. <laughs> Yeah, well, basically, yeah, I just thought, well, he's struggling to speak when he heckled me, so I don't think he'll be able to read, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. But it was just like, yeah, and it just goes to show that just the salt of the earth people. I definitely, I've, I've met a lot of Southern comics, and I definitely say we're a lot more friendly. And also, as well, I think, like, back in the day, most comedians that were on the telly were all from from the working men's clubs, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and the stories you hear, like, like I, I think now, because we've got the comedy club setting, We've got it easier than they added back in the day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, but saying that, me and you have both done both 
both sides of the comedy. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, back in the day in the 70s in the working men's clubs, and there's a story someone told me. Do you know um, a comedian called Johnny Casson? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Right? So he said to his agent he would never do a club unless it had a back door. Because that's yeah. how ruthless the clubs were back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Just in case he died on his ass. So he's turned up at this club in Middlesbrough. You'll probably know which club it is, but I don't know exactly which one there it is. Was, Upstairs. The Iron Ups. Iron Ops. It that one. Because apparently, I've, I've heard of stories of a few comedians, a few older comedians, that the Ionopolis used to be terrible for deaths. It might have been this and one, And it said right? on the stage door when you walked in, it said something like, this is the way to hell or something. On, on the, you know, <laughs> really? as you walked in, it was meant Fuck. for any comedian. Well, there you go. It's probably this club, right? So Johnny said, he rang the agent from a phone box. That's how long ago it was. He, says, I'm, he said, I'm not doing this gig. He went, Johnny, it'll be fine. I wouldn't have booked you there if I didn't think you were going to go well. I think it's Johnny Casson. Don't quote me on it. Anyway, he'd done the gig, died on his ass. Ten minutes he lasted. Came off, he said to the singer, he went, I'm not going, because he was on with the singer. He said, I'm not going through their audience. He said, they fucking hated me. He went, he went well, what are you going to do? He went, I'm going to climb out this window. I'm going to go down that drain pipe. He says, you're having a laugh, aren't you? He said, it's a bit of, it's a, bit of a trek to get down there. He went, he went, just give us a leg up, mate. So he's got a leg, he's, he's, he's hanging out the window. His ass is hanging out the window, right? A police car comes round and sees him. I'm hanging out the window, right? So the policeman goes... Excuse me, son, what you do when he went, oh, listen, you've got to trust me. I'm a comedian. I've just died on my ass. He went, yeah, yeah, very funny. Get in the car. <laughs> yeah. Drove him round to the front of the club. Walked him up to the stairs. He went, excuse me, can I have your attention, everyone? Is this bloke a comedian? They all just turned around and went, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not from what like, we've seen. It's just, just brutal, isn't it? You know, it's vile, isn't it? You know, that, that, that moment of thinking like, because comedy's so vulnerable, like like that could happen to anyone it at could. any time. It could, and that's what. And, you, and, and once you start getting too big for your boots, like I don't know if it's the universe or something. It has a funny way of showing you. It does, and, and it's like you you, you you and you'll know this, and like like definitely every comic knows this. You have some material that like you think, oh yeah, that kills everywhere, and then you do it one night, and you're like, what the fuck? How come, yeah. that, did, how come that didn't get the reaction that? I think doing comedy humbles you. Yeah. I don't know a comedian that is a knobhead. Oh, no, loads. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I mean, good ones. No, 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 you're right. Good, no. good comedians. Good. Like, I don't know anyone that's a knobhead because I, there's a chance that you, even you, if you're Michael McIntyre, because if he might turn up to a corporate gig, yeah. which I'd probably, he probably doesn't anymore, he doesn't have to, but he could turn up to a private event and if, if they're not yeah. there to see him, there's a chance he could die, you know what I mean? Yeah, well... Even though I think he's one of the best ever. I think... Um, is that what you say? Would you say Michael's one of your favourite comics? I just love how he delves into stuff. Yeah. You know, like you could take any situation. Um, I don't know, what could you talk about? Like, I don't know. He's, uh, to be fair, um, he's very, very, very good observational comedy. Oh, he, he's God. So, like, he, just, he's, he just delves into the finer details, doesn't he? You know? He, like, and his voice is just so funny. I mean, for example, <laughs> I'm loving the fact that there's a can of Red Bull right there, along with a <laughs> pair of boxing gloves. And this isn't even funny written down, but because it's Michael McIntyre saying it, it sounds hilarious. He's just got this, like, I don't know. It's just great how he does it, you know? You should do that for a living, you. That's good. And, and do you know what I love about him as well? He just looks like he's having a great time when he's on stage. Like, when you see him, you just go on oh my God, you just love what you do, you know? And that's what eases you into just yeah. liking him even more. Yeah, that, that, that's one of my favourite impressions that you do, Michael yeah, McIntyre. I mean, I've heard a lot of your impressions that you do, but Michael McIntyre was the first one that I've seen of you 
Yeah. And it was one of them ones, which you'll be, you'll, you'll like this compliment. It was one of them ones, you know, when you sat on your phone next to your lass in bed. And I was watching the first ever time I seen you on video like that. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, didn't have a hard on her. Don't worry. I was watching that and I do that. I was like, I was like, I was like seeing this, seeing this. And, and then that one, then when you're showing them and you're going, and then when you, when you start doing the McIntyre voice, I was going, yeah, and she's like, "Oh yeah, really." That was the first time I seen you. It was on Britain's Got Talent. Was yeah. But obviously, let's before we go to Britain's Got Talent because we'll talk about your career now as well. Um, comedy. So you went to school. Your dream at first was probably be a goalkeeper. Was that your dream at first? And then did you just did you leave school? Did you go to college? Or I lost interest in me football because I tell you why I stopped. I stopped um, enjoying me football was because it was getting real. Yeah, it was yeah. getting like, because they were more or less saying, look, this is the time now where you've got to take this seriously and you're going to get bollocked off another teammate if you're not pulling your weight because you're playing for their wages as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and it sort of hit me and then I was like, oh. And then I got into martial arts. I've always enjoyed martial arts anyway. I started doing judo. Yeah, and yeah. And I love all the grappling arts, you know, and then I started watching the UFC and the Hoist Gracies and your Ken Shamrocks yeah, and all yeah. that. And then Jeez. I started enjoying doing all that, you know. And uh, funny enough, I interviewed Ken Shamrock in lockdown. Oh, oh, it was amazing. I have to watch that. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. It. It's, a, it's a great interview. Who was um, used to Ken Shamrock and who was the guy in the black trousers? Steve Black Blackwell. Steve Blackman. That's what Blackman, Blackman, that the, it. The WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Going back yeah. to wrestling because they yeah. were like the two badasses used to always do the Lions Den yeah, matches, didn't yeah. they? Well, yeah. when you're talking about backstage, you do like backstage hardcore. And you should see what we're talking about now. You should see the shape Ken Shamrock's in. He's Even 59, now. and he's in better shape than when I was 18. You know yeah, what I mean? He's, like, an, he's a machine, though, isn't he? He was, he, yeah. was, he, was, he was a proper fighter, though, as well, wasn't he? he wasn't oh, just I mean, a, <clears throat> well, he started in pro wrestling, and then he ended up going into Japan to wrestle, and then they started doing, they call them shoot matches. So yeah, he, used to yeah. start, he, used to, he was just fighting, doing that. And then, and then he said he found out about this. He said, Scott, can't remember who it was, one of his students says, Ken, there's this uh, fighting tournament going on. He said, and it's real. And he went, fuck off. He said, that's not real. And then he went and he said, that's when he fought ice cream. And that's when the UFC started. Yeah, because so at first, massive... UFC, wasn't it like sumo wrestlers versus boxers versus... Was that... Yeah. That's how it all was That's how it first. all started. Now everyone knows how to do everything. Everyone knows how to strike. Everyone knows how to grapple. It must be so much more difficult now. For... I've got so much respect for them guys. Oh, yeah, they're brilliant. I mean, I mean like you say, it's... Um, I mean... Anyone who does any sort of fighting sport, I mean, even for myself, boxing years ago, the amount of effort that you have to put in just to just to be able to do it's just you, isn't it? There's, there's just, no one yeah, else. That's there. why I loved it. So that's yeah. why I, that's why I got away from the football and I loved doing the because I wasn't massively. In, well, I did play. I played football all my life. Sunday league. So like, I say all my yeah. life, all all my school life. Yeah. But then as soon as I got to fifteen, I was like, oh no, I'm just going to stick with the boxing. Yeah. At least boxing. Exactly the same thing. At least if I don't miss a sitter in front of the goal, centre forward, the yeah. team aren't going to be on my back. You know, it's my own fault if someone jabs me face off. Do you know that? Like, that's my own exactly, fault. I'm in, yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in the ring with them. The coach can only teach you so much. It's, up, it's down to you then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, definitely. What were you saying? Is, is it more like when you're doing something you enjoy doing and then you start to grow a career out of it, you realise... You, you stop love like you, you don't love it as much as you thought well, you I did. Was, or? When, when I was going to go professional, when I went to Darlington, I always remember um, a coach saying to me, "You'll hate this now." This is what he said to me because obviously I was trying to get a, a fight. I was my first fight was going to be on the um, Stuart Hall. My first professional fight was going to be on the Stuart Hall undercard in, in um, 
Leeds Arena. It was when he won the world title, the IBF world title, and I was going to fight as some journeyman who'd had like, like hardly like hardly any wins and a hundred odd fights, and yeah. and and he was and he said, "Oh, can you sell so many much tickets? And can you sell three thousand pounds worth of tickets? Can you? And then your journeyman will get this." And then I remember he must have been able to tell by my face him saying all this stuff to me. And he was like, "This is where you'll realise that it's a business, and it's not like it's not like you're not going to an amateur tournament no more and boxing another lad who's had the same amount of fights as you." And you're both fighting each other to see who's the better boxer. It becomes a business. Can you sell tickets? Can you? Yeah. And that's when it's like, and you've got all that pressure as well. We were talking. We had Troy Williamson on the podcast not long ago. Yeah, yeah. Who's a British champion and European champion, and he was saying about you don't realise how much pressure there is, do you? Sometimes like they haven't just got like the like you've got to train for your fight, but then you've got to sell tickets as well. It's hard, isn't it? Unless you've got to promote the fight as well. And and do you know what? Right, as much as Jake Paul. And well, the Paul brothers take a lot of shite off people. They're just not the best fighters in the world, but they now put bums on seats. The they took their audience yeah. and went right. They're bringing it into this. Which, to be fair, it would piss me off if I was a fighter. Yeah, and I was. You. I had this same conversation, funnily enough, with my girlfriend this morning about Jake Paul. And I said, but at the same time, you can't be bitter towards people like that because Jake Paul and Tommy Fury fighting at the weekend. They're making more money than probably most ninety percent of boxers yeah, in, in, in the world, and like, would you really, if you were Tommy Fury or Jake Paul, listen to someone who's making no money in boxing and think, oh well, I won't do it to disrespect you? Think I'm getting five million pounds exactly? For that. Like, and I had the same conversation. I had the same yeah. conversation, funnily enough, with I done that when I was talking to you the other day, and I said I was going to do the interview with Frank Bruno. When I was talking to Frank Bruno, I said to him, what do you think of all uh, Jake Paul and what that? And, and, and Bruno just laughed and said, well, I know I'd fight for five million. And he just like said, he said, he said, money talks. He said, and Mike Tyson says the same thing. All of them do. They all, they all say the same thing. Isn't it? Because you can slag them off as much as you want, but surely people who are slagging them off are a tiny, tiny little bit jealous of them having that. Do you know, do you know what it reminds me of that old Chubby Brown joke that he said? He says, he, says 50, he said, Lennox Lewis has been offered £15 million to fight Mike Tyson. He said he'd think about it. Fucking think it. He said, for £15 million, I'd give Mike Tyson a blowjob in front of me fucking mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> Money talks, doesn't it? Of course it does. Money does talk. Larry Holmes, when he, he'd retired for a while, Don King rang him up. I think it was £10 million or something. And he said, uh, Larry, uh, they, hadn't, they couldn't get anyone to fight Mike Tyson. And Don King rang him up and said, uh, I think it was five, maybe five million or ten million, but he's rang him up and said, I've got you a fight if you want it. And Larry Holmes was like, you know I'm retired. I don't I don't want it no more. And he said, uh, ten million pound to fight Mike Tyson. He went, when's the fight? Yeah, you would. <laughs> like, Wouldn't you? It's, like, it's, it must be so hard to... And I think that's why so many fighters end up being depressed as well, not just the money, but that adrenaline of... Because... Of, Luckily for comedy, you don't really stop comedy until you die. Well, what do you reckon? With yeah, comedy? I think so. Well, look comedy. at Ken Dodd. Yeah, he, like, he went until he was 80. God knows how long. Until I think that's the thing with comedy. You can last longer when you do comedy than any other uh, profession. Yeah. Because really. even if you like, say, for example, you're a top surgeon or something like that, there's only so long you can do that for because as soon as you are not switched on anymore... Whereas with comedy, I think, once you get to a certain age, like, do you know a comedian called Jimmy Jones? I know who you mean, yeah. They are, they are cockney. Yeah, He's yeah. 84. He yeah. still goes well, out gigging. Stan Boardman was gigging the other night. Stan Boardman, how old's he now? Stan Boardman was gigging in Liverpool the other night, and he sold it out. Do you know what, right? I seen him at a, it was a comedian's golf dinner. Hilarious. Yeah. I had me belly laughing. 
And yeah. I'd never, I knew who he was because obviously Stan Barbman, it's his name. Yeah. But he's just, he had me absolutely belly laugh. He was hilarious. That's the thing, though. You appreciate comedy. That's what you, you, anyone who's good, you, you can like all types of comedy. That's what I like about you and a lot of other comics on the circuit who do like that. There's a lot of comedians there's now. There's comedy off. snobbery goes on, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot of com- comedians who, who tend to think like you can only do one certain type of comedy. No. And it's like, you, if you've it's got. It's funny, it's funny. You're selling tickets and you're making like. And I watched a uh, podcast with Theo Von, I was telling you, and Louis C.K. the other yeah. day. And they were saying about how, like, it's not so much television no more you can and funny enough Liam's been talking to me about this he's like get your get your material on YouTube now mm. you've got this big platform everyone's bothered about getting on telly Shane Gillis is saying to uh, Louis C.K. Oh, I wish I could get on the telly and that and and, and Louis C.K. is like what you're on so about I've seen how many views you've got yeah yeah you've you got know. So we've just been saying like, we're, their di- we're their target audience and we're not watching it on telly we're watching it on YouTube so go follow where your audience is well, stick it on there they'll watch it and then I, 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 all my favourite comedians from America now that are current. I'm not on about like your Richard Pryors and your Eddie Murphy's years ago. I'm on about like your current comedians now, your Theo Von, your Burt Kreis, your Tom Segura's. Oh, I discovered them. Apart from Tom Segura, I discovered on Netflix, but your Burt Kreis and all them, I discovered, and I've just been to see them live. I discovered them on YouTube. That's, yeah. how, that's how I found out. And I discovered them on YouTube because I found them on Facebook first or TikTok. And, it, and, and isn't and, that crazy? Because... We don't watch American telly. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's on Netflix. Yeah. You know. And then I'm like, oh, because I've seen them on TikTok and, and YouTube and stuff, I'm like, oh, I wonder if they've got a special on Netflix. I'll watch it on there. And that's how you... And and I could not tell you, and this is no disrespect to anyone who's do, it's doing it, because if Live at the Apollo rang you or they rang me, we'd go and do it. 100% would. you would. But I genuinely could maybe his name three comics who, I've, who I know have been on Live at the Apollo lately. But years ago, when you had like your Kevin Bridges, your John Bishop, your, Jack, your Sarah Millican... Well, Jack your Jack did start it off, didn't he? Yeah, like, like it was massive. I mean, even in Kevin Bridges' book. I mean, me and Liam were talking about this last night, Liam Farrelly, because he's, yeah. he's just done Live at the Apollo. And I was a bit excited by it, just talking to him. I said, oh, what was it like? And he was like, oh, yeah, it was good. He was like, nice about it. And a bit of me, it's not narcissism, a bit of me just says, does it not annoy you a little bit? Like that, like years ago, when Kevin Bridges and... and, and like Kevin Bridges done live at the Apollo, he says about it in his book that as soon as he had done it, he became that comedian oh, from the telly. Out. Back in the day, you do that, you do Michael, Michael McIntyre's comedy roadshow. Yeah, you were selling out theatres. That was Michael McIntyre's comedy roadshow, wasn't Immediately. it? Immediately, that was what he done. I don't Whereas think you can do live at the Apollo now, you've still got to put your stuff out there on social media because you're competing with so many other things. Yeah, you know, in order to definitely get, get people to come and see you. Hundred percent. You know. I mean, so you you left school. Did you go to college? Yeah, failed miserably. College. Did you do well in? Did, go back to school. Did you do well in school? Did you GCSEs? I did all right. I got like I think I got two Bs, five Cs, a D, and an F or something like that. And then just college. What, what did you want to do? I went to college. I didn't know what I was wanting to do. So I done law, media studies, PE, only because yeah. I just thought, well, one of me, I have to pick three lessons. And I thought, I'll just go and play footy. Do you know, you know, what, I, do you, do you know what I picked for my GCSEs? Well, Drama, PE, and music. Did you? <laughs> just so I could fuck about for the whole Well, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, like, I think, like... <laughs> you know, in school. This is what kids they don't do in schools. They don't sort of look at an individual and go, 
they're suited for this. So I must have been a little mm. bit clever in my head, though, I think. I get to do them all. Because I remember every time I used to talk to my mates, I'd be like, oh, I've got double math science and so on sort of thing. And I'd be like, oh, I've got music, drama and PE uh, yeah. and food technology. Yeah. Oh, well, I pick food technology, right? Yeah. And me and me, me best, me best <laughs> mate, actually, Mickey Harrison, me and him were the only two lads in the class. Yeah. And the rest was class just full of girls. Tech. And there was this girl I remember I used to fancy like mad. And Mickey used to always, go and ask Lauren for us. Go on, go and ask Lauren. And he used to ask Lauren every week. And every week she used to say no. Yeah, and yeah. And like, I was like, it's the last lesson. She's got to say yes this time. It's like, Dan, I've asked her fucking 42 times. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, uh, all we've done is me and Ross, me mate Ross, we used to just bake rock buns every, every single like, even when she was like, well, this week we're going to be doing a salad, we'd just, like, bring the ingredients in for rock buns. <laughs> you know, like, every single time. Every, she'd be like, we can't make rock buns, yeah, we can. Do you know that? We'd just, like, just, like, Ian's the Harriet in the corner, you know, making our yeah, rock buns. Yeah, yeah. So. We made, like, so, if, if, like, me and me mate Mickey had to make something, if they said make a cake, we would make a cake. Whereas all the girls, they'd bring all the, like, icing on, and yeah, they yeah. sweets and that on theirs, and, the, and then, you know, and, like, they put them all out, and everyone's as on shore. Yeah. Me and Mickey, just oh, like, I don't know, right, Dick Finger on me. Yeah, I was, I was shit. I was never ever a nasty person. I've never been a nasty person. It's not my personality. But I, Ross dared me. I remember in school. Uh, this, but there was only because it was this lass. I can't remember her name, and she was going on about a cake, like oh man, and she's like a bit oh, of a oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, oh, and, yeah, and, and, she, and she'd walked out and she'd left it on display, and I just fingered it. <gasps> You know, like that. So when, Did she, so when she came back, you know, to show the t- and I remember feeling dead bad for it because she started crying and I was devastated. You know, in my I'm head, just, I can just stay right now crying, <laughs> going, "Who's fingered me, kid?" You know, like, and like, <laughs> and Ross, me mate, and me mate Ross was crying, laughing, but I was gutted inside. You know, even because I'd done it, it was me. Yeah. But he thought it was the funniest thing ever. You know, like yeah, because it's like because it was just a, you it was go, day they and, need knocking down a peg or two, and then you realise you've gone a bit too far. And, and they I was like, upset and you go, <laughs> "Oh shit, feel awful now." It's like when you were a kid and your mate fell over yeah and, you, and you, like you're asking him if he's alright but you can't because you're laughing yeah yeah <laughs> and he's crying yeah yeah and you're going I shouldn't be laughing at this but it oh, the yeah. you fell was fucking hilarious well there's loads of things like that happen isn't there like when you when you laugh at someone who's like like I think that's just human nature to laugh school was great though like because like, we, we were talking about the PS1 and all that and I remember when um, Mortal Kombat first came out that's class I should love Mortal Kombat. Get over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, um, one of the teachers in our school, when I went to Rift House, sent a letter on to all the parents saying, we want uh, we want this game banned. We don't want them because they'll copy off it in, in school. Like, as if I was going to turn up the next day and just get hold of some kid and go, get over here. Do you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> and then uppercut them through a roof. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoopsie. Like, okay. <laughs> Did you play Mortal Kombat? I didn't. I played Street Fighter quite a bit. Street Fighter was class yeah. as well. Hadouken. Street, Hadouken. Can you, yeah, can you remember, yeah, can you remember uh, yeah. Street Fighter when they used to like, on, on the like bonus games where you used to have to smash a car up? Yeah. And like you'd that have like, class, that, you'd have yeah. like E Honda up just doing that, or Blanca and just yeah, doing his electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tapping the buttons like that as yeah, fast as you can. I know, I know. You had blisters on your hands, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. Cla- that was class. They should just bring back them type of games, you yeah. know, like... like Track and field. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got um, Street Fighter remastered, I think, for the P- PS4. Nothing better than the first one, though, is it? the proper uh, one, no, you know? Not like, the original it's a similar like. game, it's just better graphics. Remember Steve Sonic? Steve play it, to be fair. Put the opening, opening scene, it'd be cancelled now on Street Fighter. Can you remember? <laughs> Can you remember the opening scene? No. Before the start mode, put opening scene, Street Fighter. Can you remember it? <laughs> it's just a white guy and a black guy fighting each other, and the white guy just knocks him clean out. Oh yeah, and then, and then it goes up, doesn't it, and goes street fight. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. 
Look, Street Fighter. Is that it there? There, intro, arcade there. That's oh. it, yep, that's the one. Yeah, because it was in the arcades as well. <laughs> and then it goes up to the skyscraper. <laughs> Tommy Robinson, Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as if he didn't see that punch coming either. Do you know what I mean? Oh, fancy a game now. I, I do and all. How oh, good's the music? Yeah. Yeah, and you went all around different countries Zangief. in the world. Remember Zangief? Guile. Sonic yeah, Boom. He was the wrestler, wasn't he? Yeah. Guy used to do Sonic Boom. This was basically UFC before its time, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that guy there is Paddy Pimlet. Have you seen... <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant Guile. Well, do you know what? Did you see the film? Street Fighter film? Yeah, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was dog shit, wasn't it? But I loved it. And it was dog shit, but I did. I watched it I know. Loads. It was... Like, I watched it loads of times because Van Damme was in it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And everyone loved Van Damme. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it the guy of the Adams Family, M. Bison? At the end? M. Bison. Yeah, he was the big boss, wasn't yeah. he? And um, you turn that off, Liam? Yeah. Because I remember... Um, yeah, because I remember that film, and, and I love watching, do you know what I love watching on YouTube? Is, you know, like, things you didn't know about oh, what yeah. went on behind the scenes of this film, or, you know what I mean, yeah. all them type of films. Is it like watchmojo.com or something like that? <laughs> things you didn't know what went behind the scenes, top of the pop. Yeah, yeah, top of the pop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> things be fucking three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, right? I watched a documentary on, on you know, the Louis Theroux one? Yeah, it's brutal, and isn't it? And he was talking about, and there was this woman delivered some glasses to Jimmy Savile. And it was one of them nice. things where you go, I shouldn't be laughing at this. <laughs> <laughs> but if I don't, I'll cry. <laughs> and the woman was being really serious when she was telling the story. And she said, um, I delivered some glasses to Mr. Savile. And he uh, had his penis out, hanging out the side. And uh, when I looked down, he just looked at me and said, how's about that then? <laughs> <laughs> I like... <laughs> okay, now. <laughs> you shouldn't... It's not Louis C.K., is it? Is you shouldn't it? laugh. You know, you shouldn't laugh. How's <laughs> it follow that then? <laughs> but it's how she said it because she was saying it like, Did you, you know, hear? like reporting a crime. <laughs> Did you hear the the prank that that woman got pranked about the blindfold of the, the, ca- the cow? With, with, when she got pranked on the station. No. Have, you not, have you not heard it? Have you not heard it? Put, put into YouTube, put a... Uh, and she goes, and I was a vulnerable to a horrible prank earlier on. <laughs> Do not go put YouTube. It's <laughs> being deadly serious. Put Jimmy Savile prank. Put Jimmy Savile prank and some. Uh, it was when he'd first been exposed as a sex offender. Prank call, there you go. The um, representer repeats Savile joke. Yeah. Listen to this. Apologies. How the fuck do you announce that on the news? Like even reading it, they must just. I mean, they must be that busy. You've they got must to be, be vetted. Re- you've got. You've got. It's got to be vetted before it goes out. 
Surely, like it's like know, that's why they said. You imagine, know, imagine me. You're a news reporter, and you, you're reading through the news report news, and you you would look at it and you'd say, "I'm not reading that." I was, Jimmy. I wish everyone would get off because the first thing you'd, you'd be like alarm bells would be like, "I wish everyone would get off Jimmy Savile's back." You know, like he, he was a nice guy. Yeah. And you think that's a bit weird, you yeah. know? And then and then he goes, "He fixed it for me and milk a cow blindfolded," <laughs> like like that's just, that's just so like. Like, oh, it's insane, isn't it? It's mad, like, when you listen to stories and you're thinking, is that, is that true? Or is it like, a joke? A mate of mine, right? Well, he's not a mate of mine. He's just someone I see in the pub all the time in our work. In, uh, in, in my local pub. And he said he was working in Manchester and this girl went up to them and um, just got her tits out. Yeah. And she just got her tits out and went... And they were just having their, their, their lunch. And, like... They were like, what the fuck? And then she put her tits away and she went, right, you've all seen my tits. So I want a pound off all of you. Right. Yeah. So I said... Well, was it Liam I Gallagher? Said, well, I said to him, I said to him, she want a pound off all of you. I said, what did you do? We went the next day, I brought a fiver. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that like the shittest OnlyFans you've ever seen in your life? Yeah, yeah. Like... Live, why would someone just go up to you and say so? So it makes you question whether people are lying or stuff, but then you don't care if it makes you laugh because I do it all the time. I'll sit there, right? Most of the stuff you know, like most of the stuff you talk about on stage, is it is it as it happened to you, or do you make like would you say you make 80% of it up? Uh, I've heard Danny Sloss talk about this. He said, he said about like how comedy can be, and I believe in this and what he says here comedy can be like truth. Um, over the top the truth and just total bullshit or someone else's story so like he even says that sometimes like for instance if you weren't a comedian and you tell me a funny story I think I, I, I might take that and adapt it to my own do you know that's something funny that someone yeah. said but most of the stuff I, my comedy is truths and it, it's it's some t- all really over exaggerated truths but then obviously a lot of it's daft as well so for example I do that Geordie joke yeah Obviously, that's not true. My missus wasn't behind when I do all, like... Obviously, a lot of people know that joke now. When, when I go, like, like a girl come over and said, oh, you were Geordie. But in the past, when I've been working away, blokes and women have said, oh, you're from Newcastle. That always happens to me. So I thought I'll turn that into a joke. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then I didn't, like, yeah. go talking to someone. Or, I do stuff like, yeah, if, if someone tells me... Because Billy... Con- uh, Amy got me for Christmas... Because I've never done any comedy courses or out like that. I don't think you have either, have you? No, no. Because you see people on the circuit who say, I've been to this comedy course, this, that, and the other. Um, and I thought, well, I'll, if I'm going to listen to anyone tell me how to be funny, it'll be Billy Connolly. And I, and I watched it, and it was good. A lot of it was sort of stuff that's already happened to me and I've experienced on stage. And, and one thing he said, which I just thought was so bang on, he says, what you need to remember is people are funny. <laughs> he said, you get comedians... But people are funnier than comedians. You know, you'll go to a pub and there's always a guy there. He'll make you laugh. Characters. And that's so true because you just think like... <laughs> that's as good as the McIntyre like that, isn't it? Oh, cheers, man. It's great. I just, I, 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 I just, see, I just get fascinated and want to listen to him talk like Billy for the rest it's of the Because yeah. he's, he's, he's been serious at this point. And I just thought that is so true. And I think that's an example of that lad who I was telling you about when he said he was working in Manchester. Yeah. And, you know... Yeah, yeah of course. You know, the yeah, next day I brought a fiver. But then I think that's him being naturally witty as well because that's something a comedian would come out with, isn't it? Like, to be that sharp and say, yeah, there's loads the of next day I, mean, I brought so a fiver, you know? Funniest people I've ever met are, are definitely people on site, working, plastering. Uh, 
we had Angry Bob and Callan on the we could say Angry Bob, just Bob on the on the podcast <laughs> the other day. And gets called Angry Bob. Obviously, a lot of people will know who he is. And how funny was he? Just naturally, oh, just the... naturally, just a funny bloke. Just not even trying. Yeah, yeah. just just and so well, much. Well, Ricky Gervais hit the nail on the head, didn't he? When he had Carl Pilkington on everything. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Of course he did. I was at the, pod, the podcast before podcast. He said that, didn't he? I, I, I used to be the only person who had a podcast, and now I'm the only person who doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. That was his, that was, he was like, the first one we proper all listened to, really. What's he it? doing now, Carl Pilton? He probably doesn't have to work, does he? He was on an advert I heard on the radio yesterday. Some bank have got him on. So he's, he's picking up a few little gigs here and there, I guess. But yeah, yeah I haven't seen a lot from him for a while. I'd love to see him do stand-up. Yeah, he's just naturally funny as well, isn't he? Yeah. He's just really naturally funny. Um, there's loads of people. I've met loads and loads of people. Especially like just like some of the crack I used to have when I was plastering on site with some of the lads. I, there's a guy Tyler Scotty, who's still good mates of man, and he's funny as like he's so he's a pick yeah. and they're a pick me up them type of people. They come into a room. I I, I mean you're a pick me up. I'm a pick me up. I, I think when I walk into a room, people it's moods because because yeah. like. I have a laugh with people all the time, and so there's a lot. Because I think as well, sometimes when you're a comedian, you're going on stage and you're making people laugh, and then you go, "Well, what do we get out of this here? <laughs> we need to laugh as well. Where are we get going to get out of it? I think yeah. I think I get out of it when I'm when I. So, for example, when I was doing Sheffield the other night, I, I added to this joke, and it was a stupid little ad lib that I added to the joke, and it got a huge laugh, and it made me laugh because everyone was laughing at what I just said. Yeah. So I thought. I thought that's what you get out of it. I think. I think that's what. You, yeah, you do. You, and you, you, you get a buzz. I know you get a massive. Especially buzz out after of you've it. Com, you've composed and you've wrote something yourself, and you think like I yeah. wrote. I wrote because everything. Me and you don't steal jokes. We don't like like a lot of comics don't. It's like a, a big no no. I've never. I write all my own material. So do you. Mm. And it's like when you've wrote something that gets an applause break and a laugh. It's like in your head, you're like, I wrote that. It's so rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, it's like I. I I actually sat down and I wrote, I, I docked that together and it's, yeah. it's, or when you, when you turn a joke that was average to really good, that's like, I think that's really rewarding. You know, mm. when you're like, I don't know where this joke's going, but every time I say it, it's a bit flat, it gets a bit of a laugh, but it doesn't get, and then, and then six months down the line, you do the joke again, but you've added little bits to it and it gets a huge laugh. That's like, yeah, a, that's I've like done a, that with a couple <clears> of routines actually, because originally the routines meant to be a couple of minutes long. And it ends up becoming five minutes long because you're, you're putting the little fillers in there. That, yeah. Because you're talking about it and then you go, oh, I could put this in. Or you're just off on one sometimes, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. Brain, it's the way your brain works. It's really weird. So you went to college. So your college till 18, was that? 18, 19. I don't think even I lasted that long, mate. Didn't you? <laughs> so you didn't <laughs> do uni or out. How old were you when you started comedy? And then I went, what did I do? And then 18 year old, I was working in JJB. Yeah, JJB, then, that's gone, hasn't it? Yeah. Sheesh. Was everything on the did, so, did did what's his did what's his face buy it off him then? Did he like who am I thinking? It was JJB gyms for a bit, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, yeah. Yeah. Wigan used to have the JJB arena or stadium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, take JD and just spots direct now, isn't it? Yeah. That's because it was Dixon's spot before as well. Yeah. Dixon, yeah, there I don't work experience there, Dixon's spot. <laughs> but J so you worked JJB? JJB spot. I worked in martial arts shop. Yep. And then I'd done like a summer season for Kudos. All right, and what's it was that? called Clown Town, this show. Yeah. And I just went on and done a couple of impressions and they give us this sketch to do. And I just done that, told a couple of so jokes. When did you realise you were good at impressions? Like, when did oh, you. Oh, so yeah, I missed a bit out. I'd done a school talent show when I was 16. Right. Because my French teacher talked me into doing it. And I got up and I'd done some impressions. Who did you do? And I, oh, so I'd done me Steve Irwin, John Motson, um, Beckham. 
You say you did a couple of teachers' impressions as well. And I think I nicked a couple of jokes off Chubby Brown because I was like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I just got banned from school. And that's how I started, yeah. <laughs> but they were the clean ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't think I've heard those ones. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then after that, I'd done, I'd done like a couple of clubs. But they were like, you know, charity dues where you get... Like, was this you just learned? an easy night, you get the old people getting up singing. Yeah. Oh, was it, so it was just, just, just learn, like, sort of, not even like a comedy night, just like a bit no, of... No, it was just in a work of men's clubs, you know? Yeah, it was good though, isn't it? That's how you get your confidence, isn't it? And get on the stage and then... But what, but what made you, did you think then? Did you get a buzz when you'd done the school? Was that when the Oh, first... yeah, that was just like, that was amazing. Was that, so obviously you performed, so you were a born performer in that way. So when you'd done that, were you thinking then, oh, I want to do this? So it, was it in the back of your mind? Yeah, or I mean, I've all... always got up and sang on the karaoke, because when I sing, I do like vocal impressions. Yeah. Like, I'll yeah. get up and I'll do a Neil Diamond or a Ronan Keaton or do you know what I mean? And yeah, that's yeah. sort of what made me go, life is a roller Yeah, oh, that's very good. <laughs> I reckon I'm like 60% okay at impressions. Yeah, I want to be 100% okay at impressions. Fuck off. <laughs> I thought I was mint until I came in and then every, every impression I've done on the show, uh, you reckon it sounds like Chief Wiggum. <laughs> do your Bill Cosby one. Because that is Chief Wiggum. <laughs> it sounds like Chief Wiggum, you know. <laughs> oh, I've seen that episode. <laughs> yeah. It's, it wasn't my best. <laughs> and I've been ribbed on it every oh, episode. You talk about all the stars on this podcast, don't you? Bill Cosby, Jimmy <laughs> Sutton. Yeah, fucking a pattern emerging here, yeah? Just, yeah. Our, our, our viewers are just nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, non-sympathisers. Yeah, it could be a podcast. Like, non- nonsense could be like the uh, the show. Well, the way, the way the world's going, the, 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 well, I won't go into that. But some people are trying to normalise it now, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Anything you say that you don't want in, I can cut. Don't, don't yeah, oh yeah, oh well, that's all right then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, if there's anything that you don't want in, like yeah. we'll cut. There's a few things I've said I think already. Yeah. 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 Um, what I was going to say. So you decided, like, all right, okay, I'm I'm good at impressions. So when you were doing your comedy, when you were at this club, what was it called again? When you were doing these like, ones where the singers were on? Oh, and I was on, oh, like a free and easy night. Like a free and easy night. Were you doing impressions at them or were you just doing comedy? Yeah, I was doing, I was doing, I was telling gags really back then. But with, with impressions or? Yeah, I was doing a couple of impressions. I'd done me Billy Connolly, yeah. you know. And, and was then, that as good as it is now? Or have you have you developed that? Was it like because obviously your voice must break as well? Not break because you've already broke as you got older. But does your voice change, or do you have to train it to sort of? Well, some t- some people's voices change as they're getting older as well. Do you ever panic about that? Or I sometimes you just got to take them out. Yeah, because you just go they're too low, or that you know they can't. Or some people you just go well. I try not to do dead people if I can help it. Right. Like people say to me, go, you know. Because I just feel like it's gone. It's it's not. It's sort of. It's not relevant anymore. No it's not relevant anymore. Does when um, so obviously you do the impression. Do you sort of so say for example you're watching the telly and you see a famous like say let's let's give an example. We've got I'm a celebrity on. I mean I know we don't watch the telly much no more, but you say that's popular at that time. Yeah. And there's someone everyone's going on about concert. Oh, let's for example let's say someone like Andrew Tate. Everyone's going on about Andrew Tate at the moment, yeah. all over all over the news, or Jake Paul, or someone like that. Is that something that you'll do? You'll see them, and you'll think. As soon as you hear them, do you think I could do that impression, or do you, or do you practice it? Do you well, think sometimes when you when you have a stab at Andrew Tate, yeah. somebody who literally speaks really fast and so intelligent to the point where I'm thinking I'm not that intelligent to talk like him, yeah. and and I've got to sound like I know what I'm talking about. But sometimes when I listen to Andrew Tate, I go, No, I can't. And for all of a sudden, I'm not turning into Ben Shapiro because he speaks really fast too. So. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it's weird. Some of them can sort of interlink. <laughs> yeah, but do you do you look? Do you when you when you hear that, like when you hear them talking, do you already know that you'll be able to do it? Does, yeah, well, does your mind like, already know that? Oh uh, well, well, one of my, one of my favorite people I like to do that's in my range is Jordan Peterson because I just um, <laughs> I like the way he talks and I like the way he is. You know, he just elaborates on everything, and nobody can ever tie him in a knot, especially when it's a feminist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like is he just so he's he's just so cool and calm, yeah. isn't he? And he just sort of looks up. I'm like that. I'm like that pro kid. I like that. You yeah. know, every time he does an impression, yeah. look at me and go. <laughs> and go Told you it was Just good. Just in the corner like... <laughs> <laughs> Told you it was good. Although, to be fair, your uh, Tyson Fury impression was, was really You do good. a very good Tyson Fury, actually. Yeah. I know, I don't want to do it. You do better than I do it. I have to put you on the spot I now. I don't want to do it too much in case Tyson Fury wants to fucking take my head off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, no, you're the main man for impressions. I mean, I mean, you must get that. Because that, obviously, as a comedian, we all get that. Like, oh, have you heard this joke? And they tell a joke. You must get a lot of people coming up to you doing impressions. And trying themselves. Do you, do you I always get the X Factor voice. Uh, yeah. It's time to face. And they come up to us and do that, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I go, well cert- done, mate. You know. <laughs> yeah, because there's certain voices, isn't there, that are easier for a lot of people yeah. to do. Yeah. They, like, not, not, not everyone, I mean, but there's Cause, certain Because vo- there's really standout voices like... Um, the guy from Love Island, who I don't really watch, but my wife does, and all as I can hear is Ian Sterling coming from the other room, and I'm like trying to play on my Xbox and shut the fuck up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So when you when you when was the first time you fought? When was your first like proper gig? If you get what I mean, like your first. I don't mean you like your talent show. You don't paid talent, gig. Just, no, not your paid gig. Your first ever time. It I was, was like, sixteen year old. Done school talent show. So you done the school talent. I know that was a proper gig. I know that. I, like, and that wasn't me being like um, taking that away from you. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like a gig, like where, you know, like you rang a venue up or something instead of them asking you. You rang like, at, like a comedy club or something like that, and you rang, when can I come and do a, sh- a bit or can I do a ten minute spot? Was anything like that, or did oh, you start? So or did you start straight away doing like? When I started on the circuit, really the comedy circuit, because I was doing holiday parks and stuff like that. So in my act, I would do like. Impressions, but then I would do a couple of vocal impressions as well, singing impressions. So did you do singing as well? Yeah. So you, so you, I didn't know that. I see. I've known you all this time, and I didn't know you were singing. Yeah, I've done a couple of singing impressions, but then I mean, I occasionally do if I'll do an oldie park now. Yeah, because yeah. you've got kids running around, you know. Yeah, it's easier, isn't it? Just to have a bit of a singing, a bit of fun. Do you like singing? But I don't what? mind it. Yeah, like I like um, I like singing all the older songs, mate. Mm. Like it's weird because like I was in the house the other day. And I was like, hey, Google, play Matt Monroe. Yeah, yeah. And I was listening to Matt Monroe while I was washing the pots. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just feeling, I'm either getting old or I've got good taste. Because with me, Matt, I love music where people have a really good voice. Have you heard him, Luke Combs? Luke? I always put him on my stories, don't I? You know, the country singer. Yeah, oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. I just tried to get his tickets again today. He's put some more on recently. What is he? Is he country? Oh, he's class. Yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. I love that type of voice. <clears throat> he's got probably the best country voice out there, I think, now. Who's that? What's that country song? It's five o'clock somewhere. They've all got this sort of like... Um, um, I, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm <laughs> going to play you some songs. It's like that type of, you know... They all mention a bar stool or drinking whiskey or... Mm. It's all that kind of... We don't need to put Luke Combs on, though. I, I, I tend to just... I tend to just bring up whatever you're talking about in case you want to watch it. But if yeah, you don't, yeah. It's fine. They've lost the wife. They've lost the horse. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They're now drinking in a bar. Yeah. To be fair, Luke, 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 he put a status on the other day, which I thought Every was really. He, he done a, a he's put a, brought a new song out on his new album that comes out at the end of this month. Um, because every single one of his songs have got a number one in America. They got he's massive. Are there? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, he's Karina Mitrad. I went to see him last year at Glasgow Arena. 
and, and I managed to see him because he was head he was headlining country to country, and I don't think I'll ever get tickets from him again unless I go to America because right. we tried to get him this time for London uh, the O2. He's put a few nights on there, couldn't get them, and then there was a pre-sale today at ten o'clock. Corinne set it up at ten to ten. And in, and as soon as she clicked in, it was 52,000 people in front of you. Isn't that mad? What does that tell you about a niche market? Because I've never mm. even heard of him, and he's massive. Yeah, he's, he's huge. And, he, and trying to get tickets for his shows, like rocking our shit, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? And but just... I'm lucky that I got to see him last year, but like, he's pretty... But it, one thing he's just done, he's brought in a new... But everyone loves him at the moment. He's like... Because he's old school as well. He's still like going hunting. He's not bothered about... Like, he's going like Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, he's like... You know what I mean? He's like... He's just a... And he's got a bit of crack about him. He's been in a few podcasts with comedians and that. And he's yeah. got like, he's got a good good sense of humour, and he's just a, a normal bloke. He's from yeah. He's from North Carolina, and he's just got like like he's got that old school. I a, feel like approachable. Them parts of America, there's more realism goes on. You know what I mean? Whereas you get the sort of like I like to call them the self righteous people. They tend to live in LA and London, don't they? Those yeah, well, Theo, Theo Vaughn yeah. was talking about this on uh, to Louis C.K. and he was saying there's certain jokes that he doesn't want to try in LA. And I thought, I wonder if that's similar to like London around yeah, here. Yeah, you know, like, the same in London, yeah. No well, it depends where you go to in London. I think if you do like the backyard. Yeah, it's a good club. That's a very open-minded club, you know? Yeah, yeah. But so, I mean, I'm doing Covent Garden and I'm sort of not looking forward to it. I, I am, because they're always great, great crowd. Yeah, they're always great. You just have but to adapt your material. Like you shouldn't approach. have to walk on stage and worry about, like, what you shouldn't be have to walk on eggshells yeah. when you walk on stage, just in case you upset anyone. And you know the stuff I do. It's not even controversial. Yeah, well, none of us do any controversial no. stuff, really. We've just worked with people who are meant to be controversial now and again. And then you we watch don't... them and you go, well, actually, that's not... I was yeah. that controversial. I know I've seen it. Like, that's what I think all the time when yeah. I see stuff. And then there's some of the comedians on the... On the alternative circuit, or miles more controversial. Do you know? Do you, do you know what's mad, right? Some of these comics who say that's controversial, I just want to take them to fucking Benidorm. I know. And go I know. watch this bloke walk on and go. There's a black fella. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Going in line. That's that's controversial. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? I don't know whether I told you this story because we talk on the phone all the time, don't yeah, we? Yeah. My mate went an older to Benidorm, and he you was with Liam, all. The, you've told me. But I've told you the story, right? Tell Liam. So he went an older to Benidorm, and there was this. They were all like lawyers, doctors. Because my mate, he's a comedian, but he works in mental health. I won't right. mention his name because I don't. <laughs> but he found this story funny. I can this, stuff as well. Don't this we? comic's <laughs> going on, and he's literally doing, you know, there's these two Pakistanis, there's these two, and all that stuff, right? Yeah. His, his friend was appalled. She went, I'm going to have a word with him. He went, Well, it's up to you, but he probably won't give a shit because yeah. they don't out there. Yeah, Do you of know course. what I mean? So she went up to me, she went, excuse me, she went, you are a vile man. You are racist, you are sexist, you are homophobic, you are this, you are that. And he just waited till he finished, she finished and he just went, no chance of a blowjob then. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ, again, shouldn't laugh, but definitely. <laughs> but the thing is though, she knows to- now just not to even yeah. address it to him. Well, boy, he probably's got no. He's got no malice in his heart. He's probably. He's just doing jokes. Yeah, but the thing is, right? You see a lion roaming about in a cage, right? Bullying another lion. You're gonna. You're gonna leave them to it, aren't you? You just leave it, don't fuck, you? Fuck if I'm getting involved in that. You know, and it's the same as if you go somewhere. If I if I genuinely went somewhere, for example, if I went to a music, well, there you go. How many times have you been in a nightclub when you're younger and you've went in and you went, oh, the music's shit in here, and you just leave? You don't go up to the DJ and say, "Excuse me, mate." You, oh. God, I remember I was working on the North Sea Ferries as Ents manager for a bit. And Pete used to come up and go, excuse me, mate, put something decent on. 
I'm like, well, what's decent to me might not be decent to you, and what might be decent to you might not be decent to them people over there. We're already dancing. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, you just think it's not. It's, it's if if, and this is what um, I was listening to with Louis C.K. The the Louis C.K. feel. I know. I keep going back to this podcast because I've just listened to it, watched it lately. Yeah. When I keep saying, I'll send you. And um, Louis C.K. said something really good to Theo Von. He said, "When you're making it in comedy, he said, when you when you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger." He said, they're your best shows. He said, the reason is, is because you just made, he said, so say you're doing like 2,000 seaters, 3,000 seaters when you've, you've, you've made a name for yourself. He said, what's happened there is people have found out about you and like they tell their friends who they know will like you. Right. So it's like me talking to you about Luke Combs when mm-hmm. I first I said, oh, I know you like this music because yeah. you like country music, you like this, but I'm not going to go and say that as someone who just loves house music. Yeah. I'm not going to say, oh, you like Luke Combs. Like, I know they're not going to. Go up to me in the gig about I, Luke. Yeah, 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 they're not good. So far, so yeah. good, mate, but would you mind? <laughs> so what Louis C.K. said, he said, so at that stage in his life, when he was like not worldwide known, but he was well known, he said the audiences were unbelievable, so funny. He said, but then you become like superstardom and you become where you can sell Wembley out everywhere. And what happens is everyone everyone knows your name and they've heard of you. So they just tag along and think, oh, well, we'll go and see him. I've seen him on the it's, telly. Yeah. But they don't know any research on your comedy. So right. when they're sitting, he said, and he's actually been doing gigs, he said, in massive arenas and he's seen people get up and walk out. He said, because he, like, yeah. they don't know he's going to... It's like, for example, Frankie Boyle, for example. You go to Frankie Boyle because you want him to be ruthless. You mm-hmm. want him to say something. And you want... And like That's what you are going to. Exactly. And, and nine times out of ten, the same people... Not necessarily. I'm very open-minded with comedy. I like I like every comic. Not every comic, but I like... Um, I don't think there's a bad comic because I think anyone yeah. who's doing good in comedy is doing something right. Yeah. Like I think like if they're selling arenas out, they're doing something right. Of course they are. And they're hitting to a niche audience that they're going for. But I, I, like, I know, for example, people in my family wouldn't go and watch Frankie Boyle. But I would. My dad mm. would. Yeah. My, ma- my mum would. My mum would find so him funny. So you people with you, you know, like, and enjoy yeah. it. Well, I know one of my aunties wouldn't go and watch Frankie Boyle. I know, like, one of them definitely wouldn't, but yeah. I know she'd still go and watch Michael McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, and, I, and I showed, I stayed at my aunties the other night, she lives in Ashby, and uh, I'd done a gig up the road at something Caulfield, Town Hall, and I stayed at her, and we had a couple of wines, and I says, oh, have you seen Bill Bear before? And I know she's, she's into a comedy, me auntie. Yeah. She said, no, we watched it. I was belly laughing, and so was she. Yeah. Whereas I wouldn't show Bill Bear to my mum because my mum just wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, it's like, it's like, if, if we went for a meal now, we're not all going to order the same. Uh, I have some. Well, I'm going to go for. I'll hold it there. Can I have a pause. A, yeah, I yeah. need a piss. Yeah, let's put. Yeah, let's go for a piss stop. <laughs> So you started doing all the. Uh, like the Haven, was it Haven and that you started I was doing for? Havens and I was doing, well, I'd I, I done a, a contract for Kudos when I was 18. And for anyone who, for any, sorry for, for interrupting there, but for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what Haven is, what what is Haven? Well, Haven Holiday Parks, you know, like when they're going all to Blue Dolphin or Primrose Valley and stuff like that. Yeah. They're the type of places I was doing, but I wasn't doing like stand-up really because you have to do a 45-minute set and I didn't really have that m- amount of material back then. Uh, so I was doing like shows, I'd done the show called Clown Town, so I was doing like loads of different sketches and stuff, I'd done a couple of impressions, then I'd done a season where I'd just done like 10 minutes and brought a magician on, 10 minutes and brought a juggler on, um, so then I was sort of finding my feet then, yep. but them audiences can be really tough because they're just there on holiday, they're not there to watch comedy. Yeah, of course. So then I was doing that, and then I got into, I ended up working, I went to Mallorca to work as a comic, 
and that was just like again was that like people there to listen or was it, was it... I was doing hotels so you cut your teeth on really you cut your teeth I didn't cut my teeth in the comedy circuit I cut my teeth just no but that's good sometimes I think to, you know because I don't mind obviously support with Frank and that like a lot of mine I cut my teeth with that and, and then weren't there to listen to me so I had to, you have to sort of yeah. earn the do you, know, do you know one thing you learn very quickly with doing them type of gigs is you have command on stage. Yeah. You come on stage and you're commanding and people go, oh shit, I'm going to listen to him. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know? Because so, I've, I've seen some comics walking on and they're just like really sheepish and I'm like, so like, from, like you have a presence when you come on. Yeah. And, and, it's tell, and that's what happens when you, when you deal with them type of audiences because... They smell blood. As soon as they smell blood, that's it. Yeah, yeah. See, I've been told that by you. I've been told that by Frank, by Chris, by loads of like loads of comics who've worked both both circuits. And I always find it funny because when I do comedy clubs, and this is not taking anything away from anyone who's just done comedy clubs, because I love I love doing comedy clubs because that's what they are there for to yeah. listen. And I love that. But sometimes I hear MCs or or the other acts go, or oh, they were. Uh, they're a bit uh, boisterous and I'm like and I go out and I'm like you haven't seen any of them. I'm like they're not fucking boisterous <laughs> like and it's like one woman who's had a drink and I'm like try Batley working men's club yeah. for an hour <laughs> yeah, I know and I'm and, like and yeah try doing a sportsman's dinner where no one's there to see the comic and it's just all blokes in the crowd Mate, I had a sportsman's dinner with Ian Wright and a fight broke out yeah. during my act and I just I just was commentating it I was going <laughs> I was, I was doing Motson. Yeah. Oh, and he's ducked the right hand. Oh, and I've got to say, that was a very... Oh, oh and he's come back. He's gone with the double leg takes out. But everyone... And people were laughing because I was... Yeah. Going, but I'm, but I'm, well, I'm old school. I'm old school in the sense where I go, I've got to do my time. Yeah, of course. Of course, I've got yeah. to do my time. With the, even if I'm thinking, God, this is tough. Mm. They are a bunch of wankers tonight. But I just... I, I, I do my time and I get my feet. I think that's... I think a massive error that a lot of comics do is when a joke doesn't land and they go, huh, that kills in every other room. I think you're insulting the audience when Gosh, you say that sometimes. Because you know, they're, they're not like, going to laugh at everything that you say. You've got to remember that everyone's got a different sense of humour. Yeah. And when you're in a comedy club, I mean, most of the time your stuff does land, but there's a time where you go, it does throw you though sometimes because you're going, that normally does. And I think their way of getting over it is by saying it out loud. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I've never looked at it that way, yeah. I appreciate that you're saying that. Yeah, like that, that thing is obviously what you're saying there, definitely. Because I've never looked at it. I always thought it's a bit of a, like a big-headed thing, but maybe, yeah, maybe it is a bit of anxiety. It's, it's sometimes it's like it, it, it catches you off guard and you go, wow. And you don't know what to say, so you say, oh. You don't know what to say, And so you feel you a bit go, embarrassed, so you're like, fuck it. That instead YouTube. of standing there and shitting yourself, you just go. <laughs> <laughs> so when was the... Gaslighting the crowd. Yeah. 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 It's not me, it's you. Yeah. yeah. So when was... Um, when was the first ever time you like done like the comedy circuit? Can you the remember? Comedy circuit. I started doing. It was a guy called Miles Crawford. I'd Joe Club Comedy Clubs, right? And I'd done an open spot for him, and then he had he had land straight away. Is that because you'd already done so much? Probably. And you started yeah. writing your own material then. Yeah, yeah. That's when I started writing all my own stuff then. And then and then. You Whereas just... previous to that, I was just telling all gags. Yeah, yeah. And but then I got but you got your that. stage presence, didn't it? Do you know, you watch them guys who do the dinners and they do like, you know, the holiday part, the cabaret type S comedians. What they have over most of the circuit comics are that stage presence. Yeah. They've just got that showbiz about them, you know. And, mm. and, and I got criticised actually by another comic. He says, oh, he says, you come across two showbiz. I went, well, that's what you think. I don't give a shit. I'm not changing what I do. 
because mm. it works for me. Yeah, of course, if it's working, Walking why change it? Suit and, you know. Why change it at football team if the football team's winning? Do you exactly. Know? That's exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's the best. Yeah. That's. A, I'm going to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> True though, isn't it? I'm going to say that. Someone else says that to me. <laughs> well, fucking let me tell you. <laughs> but the the um. So you you were doing the comedy for a little bit longer. How many years? And then did you decide? Right. I'm, well, I stopped for a bit. I'd, I'd done Mallorca, and then I went and done a job on a cruise ship for nine months as a host. So I was doing quizzes and game shows and I was doing my act on there like yeah. at the end of the week. Is that like MCing sort of like you do James yeah, at so some of the comedy I was doing like hosting a quiz and like deal or no deal and all Bingo. that stuff. Bingo. And did you, did you used to throw your impressions in now and again just yeah. to, and you'd get a laugh and would you get yeah, a buzz? And would you get a buzz? When, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that's that, when that must I just, be a great place to test but, material. But also as well, it was like cruise ships you had to be careful what you say because they're on holiday and you know, you didn't want to upset anybody. And I remember I was doing a I mean, quizzes were just great. You know, like some of the questions you used to ask, there was one who was one of them was who was the prime minister before Gordon Brown? And this woman wrote Lionel Blair. Which <laughs> I just thought was, because people genuinely thought that that was yeah. the answer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was great. You had, you had fun doing quizzes. And then I, I used to do my act at the end of the week, but there'd already been a comic on as the guest cabaret. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I got to know like people like Paul Eastwood, Rudy West. Yep. Um, you know, Andy Wilkins, Phil Doyle, and those guys used to come on and then they'd watch me act and sort of... Pick you apart. Pick or us apart and tell us what I could be doing and what I should be doing. Yeah, which is always good. It's always good. It's great because them guys are doing it for a living, so you've got to respect that and they're making a very nice living at that as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. And then after that, I was entertainment manager on the North Sea Ferries. I didn't sort of take the jump just yet. So I wasn't doing stand-up for like about two years. Mm. And then I went back on the island escape as a host and then Paul Eastwood, I remember he just said to me, he said, he said, boy, because he used to call me boy, he used to say, boy, he said, you're just going to have to go out and do it if you want to do it. He said, you can't be pissing about on these things. And yeah. that's when I'd done it. I just went, right, okay. And I just went on. Yeah. And I, and I st- but even when I was there, I was in Torquay, I was at the Babacombe Theatre. God, I remember right. I was at the Babacombe Theatre. This is a bit of a personal story, but I don't, you, don't, you, you won't mind, so it doesn't matter. Um, I was about 26, and I just had a circumcision, right? Mm-hmm. And I why was that? Sh- I did a show because it was just dating when I was banging. And a bit of a big dick in that. <laughs> but it's, you're normally meant to get it done like when you're younger. Yeah. God, I remember as well, the nurse after I'd had the operation, she come over and she just went to me, can I just warn you, you're going to be in absolute agony. After? When you get an erection. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, can you fuck off then? I passed out when I had my first piss. Did you? In the toilet, I was like... <sighs> <laughs> I, I got a boner banging on the door could help oh my god I got a boner oh, and it was just like oh a my boner god. I even heard the <laughs> word boner I even heard the word boner since I was in like year 10 dude, dude where's my car I got a, I got a, why did you turn American there I got a, oh my god I got, like, I got such a boner man it was like um but it's weird what you call it. What do you used to call it in school? There was loads of words. Stiffy. Yeah. Stiffy. Stiffy. Remember <laughs> Stiffy? I used to get a stiffy. But, but, but then, when you were like five, you used to go, I remember our Tom, my little brother, he's 18 now. <laughs> he was about five and he went to me, mum. He said, my tail's sticking up. He said, he said, oh, it man. happens every time I think about boobies. <laughs> Pull the chair, son. We've got we've got some stuff to talk about. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, every time I think about boobies, brilliant. And then I remember I had it done, and 
I was like, oh, God, I had to do this show the next day at the Babacan oh, Theatre. But you had to do little dance routines and that as well. <laughs> and your chebs just rubbing against and your pants. I remember it was so funny because I was sharing a dressing room with Ben Nicholas. He was on Britain's Got Talent just this year. He was in the show as well. And these two gay guys who just got married, they were together. And Ben was asking me questions and I just went, hey, lads, do you just want to look? <laughs> oh, were they asking you about you? And they you. went, yeah, and I just got it out. And like, it was funny, one of the gay guys just went, oh my God, that has fucking turned me straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, and as I was shown it, like the producer literally walked in and he's seen it as well. Did he? It was just like, oh, Did you not have yeah. a bandage on it or out or? I was bandaged up, but I took the bandage off and I showed them. I was, yeah. It was like embarrassing bodies live, mate. <laughs> yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? I was like... It's mad what men, men, men do with each other, isn't it? Like, yeah. what, what they text. My mate, my mate took some Viagra not long ago. I won't mention his name. And then he just like... <laughs> and then he just messaged me. And he was like, oh, mate, I'm in James Cook Hospital. Oh, and I was like, what for? And his, his heart on wouldn't go down. Really? And he, he was like, I was like, what really? Is it Will bad? It? And then he just sent me a picture of him on the hospital bed with his fucking cock in a bandage. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, his, his mushroom was like, yeah. it's like massive, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's like, he said in the said it was dangerous. Like, you know, oh, like yeah. if they didn't get it, so they had to like um, take fluid out and stuff. <laughs> you know, like. I always think it's just happens in films that when you That's what I it, thought as well. Like, yeah. Well, some, well my, um, my cousin, Al Ben, he's, he's a little bastard sometimes. He spiked my stepdad's drink with a one. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't kick in the next day he was walking around next to oh. <laughs> a chubby hanger yeah <laughs> and he went fucking hell <laughs> yeah because you, you take it you only you, you, you've got to be in the mood for sex haven't you you've got to be thinking about sex to, if you take Viagra haven't you I remember, yeah I think it works when, 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 you, I was when young, you want it to most when I was time, younger I used to think that like you take Viagra and, and, and it just your, your dick goes bum straight yeah. up but it's, you've got to be like in the mood for sex haven't you when you take it it's my got, mate brought some that Viagra jelly back from Thailand. Yeah, yeah. And we were only like 17, 18, but this lad was a bit older. And anyway, we'd all like add some. And uh, the next day, everyone's going, oh my God, I've still won't go down. <laughs> and I went, well, fuck, I didn't think it worked. I said, I thought it was shite. Yeah. Went, what are you on about? I said, well, I rubbed it on. I said, and now it happened. He said, you meant to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was I'm like, fucking we, had a mate in, we had a mate in school and everyone started going on the sunbeds. And like, we used to go to the sunbeds, like, like a 16 year old. I don't go on them now. I don't promote them now. I'd, I'd, I'd rather put bloody fake tan on me than, than <laughs> yeah. get, get a chance of getting skin cancer. But um, we used to obviously went sunbeds when everyone started getting into it when they're like 16 year old. We used to all go there and he just didn't change color. He didn't get tanned. He was just pale all the time. And then we found out what he was doing was, you know, like, you know, when you go in the sunbed and you go in the cubicle and you put the money in. And then you go into the sunbed. He was he was just putting the money in and standing outside, not even going in the sunbed. <laughs> <laughs> just in his pants until the money, until the time went down, you know, for about three weeks. He was going Fuck to... Shite this. <laughs> just, like, didn't even go in the, in the sunbed, just putting his money in, standing out like that. I've done it before where I've stood there and nothing happened and you meant, and I didn't know you had to put the money in. So, yeah. like, I've done that. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he used know. to just go there and put the money in, though. Somebody do it. You've seen it lit up, you know, but the door hasn't opened the door. <laughs> he might as well have just give that money to an homeless person. Yeah. Yeah, he was standing yeah. shit time at the cinema. He just gives his money and stand up. Just I know you'd stand outside. <laughs> to enjoy it. the film. <laughs> so, obviously, yeah. So, yeah, done the, done the Barbican Theatre, and then um, I, was, I, I had like a couple of day jobs and all. I was working for Yodel in the office. I'd done, oh, mate, I worked in a fish factory. I yeah. lasted two days. Oh, my oh, God. I couldn't do that, me. Just yeah. stunk. Horrible. Whoa. Doing a bit of agency work and that. And then 
I became professional full time, 2013. Was that when you done Britain's Got Talent or? No, 2015. And I got approached to do that. They asked me to turn up at the end in Chickens in uh, Islington in London. Mm-hmm. So I'd done a spot. The rangs the next day, so they want me in front of the judges. They want me to do Manchester. Was I that says, in front of the judges on the telly? Yeah. Yeah. I says, okay, Manchester, that's fine. I says, um, that's probably the closest place to me. Then the rangers and said, oh, can you do Edinburgh? Because Ed- it'll be the judges' Ed- what, Edinburgh Fringe or Edinburgh... The Edinburgh... That, 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 that's the uh, place Br- they're going to yeah. be filming, the, the Festival Theatre in Edinburgh. They said, can you do that? And I says, well, I already got Manchester in me, Dad. Like, this is, you're messing us about here. They said, listen, where are you going to be? I says, well, I'm going to be in London, like, the day before. They went, don't worry, we'll get your flights to Edinburgh. We'll put you up in an hotel. We'll get you a taxi from the air. And I'm going... Hang on, isn't this meant to be a talent show where you turn up and you've got to queue up and this, that and the other? And Yeah. Anyway, got there. I was hanging around. I was bored. I went, oh, fuck this. I'm going to the pub. So I went to the pub at the side. I had a drink <laughs> with these, these old women. They were class. I says, oh, what are you doing here then? They says, oh, because I just talk to anybody, mate. I'm, I'm yeah. sure we are the same. Yeah, yeah. This is all. Oh, we're going to watch the Britain's Got Talent thing tonight. You can't even wait. I says, oh, I said, I'm doing that tonight. They went, hey, get away. You're not fucking doing that. Get this shit, you know. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I said, I'm doing some impressions. Oh, yeah, really? I said, anyway, I better go. I said, because they're probably wondering where I am. So went in. They said, right, you're on sixth or seventh. And do you know what's horrible? When you can hear people on before you and they're getting buzzed, them buzzers are so loud. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's so loud. Anyway, I went on, and I introduced myself, and he said, uh, he said, what's your name? I said, Danny Postel, and uh, he, Simon he said, yeah, he said, he said, he said, that sounds like, a, could be a pop star's name, and then Amanda went, is that what you're going to do for us today? I says, no, no, I'm going to do some impressions, and Sam said, do you do that for a living? I says, well, yeah, I said, I do, um, cause people to sneeze. <laughs> Sam and Cowell has an allergic reaction on people, do you know what I mean? That was my buzzer. <laughs> so, and uh, this is our, you know, so you can do some impressions. I says, yeah, this is our, do you do that for a living? I says, well, yeah, I said I do comedy clubs and bits and pieces. And and he said, oh, um, what's the circuit like now? I said, well, the money's not great. You have to do some gigs to make your money up. This was all aired, this. And then he said, um, what would mean more, the money or the Royal Variety? Yes, well, the money, because I want to get a house. I was skint at the time, you know. And then he said, um, I don't know whether you noticed, but I was actually on the last Royal Variety performance. I says, all right. And David piped up and he says, to be honest, Simon, there's a difference between going on and saying seven words and introducing on an act than actually hosting it like I did, you know, and everyone was laughing. He said, anyway, Danny, best of luck. So I'd done Billy Connolly, uh, John Bishop, Barlow, Beckham, and then I done McIntyre. When I done McIntyre, I went, who also hosted the Royal Variety performance? <laughs> I mean, yes, me and David hosted. We didn't yeah. say seven words and introduced on an act. And it brought the house down. Yeah, yeah. Simon had the right ump. Oh, did he? Oh, he had the right ump. He hated it. Really? Mm. Hey, so did, did he buzz? I finished a Russian innovation. And uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Got to Simon. Well, it was all right. Everyone's going, boo. He went, why did you do Billy Connolly? And Amanda went, because we're in Scotland, Simon. I said, thank you, Amanda, because we're in Scotland, Simon. Next question. Oh, well, I pissed him off even more. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I have literally poked the lion in the cage. Now, this yeah. is like the big boss. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He went, uh, is that I thinking, he went, I'm going to fuck. Beckham was any good, Eerie, so I think anyone can do him. I went, oh, really? I said, you do it now then. 
Er det fuld, er fuld start og går, do it, do it, <laughs> my side, so yeah, that, that. He says, well, I thought it was all right. He said, I just feel like you need to raise the bar. He said, but the reason you've you done well is because you're funny. And I like, yeah, but I feel like that was sounded scripted, what he said. Mm. And when I watch it back and, and they cut all that other bit out when I'd done the McIntyre bit about David and all ah, that. Yeah. So they really cut that bit down. Mm. And then I didn't want to do the semi. I just thought, nah, this is a load of shite. Until I got through, we went to the reveal and I got through. And then I'd done the semi-final. And to be fair, the producers were helpful with me because I was going back and forth with material. So I would film my set and I'd send it to them what I was going to do. And they'd say, yeah, that's good, that's good. Definitely do the Ant and Deck bit, which really helped me in the semi-finals. It got me through to the final lap bit. And then the, then the final, I had a migraine, the day of the oh, final. Yeah. Mm. I li- I've had a migraine before. I don't think I have, you know. I've had some pretty, pretty bad, bad headaches, headache, but no, but migraines will just... Because you can't get the, the covers off your head. Oh, I was in so much pain. And then they were trying to... My agent rang me and said, they're trying to make out that you you bottled it, like you've... And I'm going... So the doctor come in. She give me the, all these pills. Fuck knows what she give me. Cocodamol, something else all, Something else beginning with E. Wasn't ecstasy, hmm. but I think it was worse than that effect. Because I watched myself back in the final, I was off my tits, right. off my tits. But I knew I wasn't going to win because I just think Britain's Got Talent is when you're doing impressions as well. Everyone's got to know who you're doing, mm. and I feel like it's very sort of selective. Because he was saying to me, "Oh, don't do Dara Aubrey and don't do Johnny Vegas." They were the ones who more or less tweeted it or retweeted it. You know, yeah, they yeah. loved it. Mm. Um. But yeah, and then that was that, and I came seventh. Callum Scott came sixth. Mm. Look where he is now. Mm. <laughs> Who's Callum Scott again? Sings dancing on my own. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. good, good cover. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. He, he's done. He's brought some tunes out. He signed a ten million record deal with Capital. Yeah, yeah. Simon yeah. Callum's he's kicking himself for that. But yeah. I think when you do comedy, it, it was good. Like people say, "Oh, you've made it if you've got to the final," but it's good. you haven't. Yeah. Because it to me that was the first step. Because then since then. I've never stopped working. Obviously, COVID had a massive impact. Mm. But with COVID, I just got on with it. I just, you know, mm. I didn't fuck around. I wrote a book called The Non-Essential Worker. The government gave me that title, cheeky bastards. I didn't <laughs> think of that. Um, and then I just thought, I'll write about being a comedian in lockdown and I'll write about Britain's Got Talent. And, you know, so I sell them, well, I sell them books well after book. gigs. You've done well with your books, haven't you? And you yeah, can, they do. We'll I put, do it, we'll put right. a link. You've got a link for the books. Well, yeah, we'll stick a link yeah, on Yeah, you there. can get them uh, City Steel Press. Or you can just get just DM me on me uh, on my Facebook page, Danny Postal Comedian. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, we'll put we'll I'll put one over to you. We'll put that on the yeah on the YouTube. And I, I, I've done a spe- I've had a special out since then. That's on Ustream on Jim Davidson's channel. So Jim Davidson, it's obviously again <laughs> someone who's big TV name years ago, and then obviously now he's got his own Ustream channel. Um, obviously. An old, a bit of an old school comic, but very clever comic. Um, Jim's a brilliant comic. It's just a, you watch him on stage. It's just this monster that comes alive. What's your thoughts on the way people like Jim, Chubby, them type of comics have been treated? Disgusting. Mm. Because if you don't like their comedy, don't go and watch them. Mm. You know, don't try and cancel them just because like you don't like them. It's these counsellors, like when they try to cancel Chubby Brown. Mm. It's like, just because you don't like them, there's loads of... And also, Chubby Brown represents working-class people. It so working-class people want to go and watch Chubby Brown, and this person was a Labour counsellor. And I just thought, come on, 
that yeah. it's just such a contradictive thing to happen. Mm. You know, uh, there might not be any like new Roy Chubby Browns or new Jim Davidsons that will come out, and they are from a time when that's what was popular. It wasn't. And, and no one's like getting offended. People want to go and watch it, mm. and like these people who say, "Oh, he's, he's a racist. He's this. He's that." He's doing jokes. Mm. There's a difference between a joke and malicious intent, and this is what people don't realise. Yeah. Mm. And I'll get, you know, people sort of would say, oh, Dan, you're a fucking, you're a racist then for, for, for saying that. No, I'm not. I'm just very open to free speech and just open mind. Yeah, think it? what they want. If, you know, there's certain comedians I don't like, I just won't go and watch them. Mm. I'm not going to sit and slag them off just because I don't like their comedy, or I'm going to say that they're this or they're that, because what, what do I get out of that? What's the point? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you can learn a lot from, from watching every comic. Yeah. Um, you can, especially like from Jim's era. I mean, you watch someone like Bobby Davro. Now, that's where you learn stagecraft. You watch mm. the way he works a crowd. You watch the way he has his command in a stage. You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. Things like that. You learn a lot through watching you, someone like you, that. And, and even a lot of the top American comics who, who I watch now, um, well, I always go on about them to you. You watch them, but like some of the stuff that they talk about on stage as well, it'll probably be cancelled in the UK. Mm. You know, if there were a UK oh, God, comic. Yeah. You know, and you're like, do you know one of the, my favourite comics? And, I, and I'm so devastated that I was late to the party with him. was Ralphie May. All right. Oh, right. he is just hilarious. Mm. How he, he can talk about the most controversial things, but because he's so intelligent and how he draws you in with a story, he's just so funny. Yeah. How he elaborates on it. Yeah, that's it. Like, I, I love a good storyteller, me. Someone, someone who can yeah. just, like, you know, who's clever. And I love it. I love it. I love it comedian like like for example like Jim Jeffries or something like that who can who Jim can, Jeffries is super who can yeah. who can hit you with so many like things that you think oh that's out of order but then he can he can like counteract it yeah. and, and make you think oh yeah that's why he's saying that you know he, he just I was watching him on TikTok the other day and he was on about um he, he, he hasn't drunk for 18 months or something has he yeah yeah I know he's, I know he's, in the alcohol for 18 months he says but you know what Oh, he scavered weed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there has to be something then, doesn't yeah, there? Yeah. You know? Where's yeah, my yeah. vice? He was, he's just so... That gun control routine. Oh, it's one and of he's best. doing it in America. I didn't say it, talking. Do you know, me and Amy were in uh, Washington in DC and we were in an Uber getting a train back to the station to go back to New York and I was pissed and I started saying about guns in America, I don't agree with it and this, that and the other. And Amy's just in the back on Dan, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Like he might have one on him. You have to say, yeah. <laughs> They're very passionate, aren't Oh they? my That's God. Some... Like, talking about guns in America is like fucking walking into some religious building and yeah. taking the piss out of their God, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I just like, you can't... <laughs> America, I'm just... And looking back, I'm like... I mean, I can't Dan say it's not a sensible Danny, is he? You know, I can't say anything about. I'm, I'm like the worst person in the world for just putting my foot in my mouth, and I don't even yeah. mean to do it. With me, but I think that's why people. I think now that, especially the comedy circuit, are getting to know me as well. Now they'll probably realise that's just my personality. I don't even. Yeah. I'm a friendly person. I don't. I, I'd yeah. never. Everything I do on stage is just me being daft. You know, like and like. Do you know what's funny? I was with a, I was <laughs> with a mate of mine yesterday. And there's another one of our mates, and he's just a pissed. He's, every other word, he takes the piss. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was on about a mate of mine who's got um, some disease, and he has to take like two thousand. He has to drink these things that are two thousand calories, and he has to have seven thousand calories a day. Yeah. And he just went all right. And I went, if Paul was here now, he'd probably say to me, um, "That's what you have, you, you fat bastard, or something like <laughs> yes, that." Yeah. Like he wouldn't be able to help that, himself. So, yeah. so Paul, Paul Eastwood, is that yeah? No, no, no. Also, Paul Eastwood sadly passed away. Yep. Um, it was awful what happened, really. He was, um, 
Because I know he was. I know. I know you do a lot. Of... Up, so Paul Easter took the piss all the time. I mean, this is. I mean, he's no longer with us now. But he, he said to me, "I said, Paul. I said, you. T- it must be the name Paul because most people I know called Paul just like love taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. They can't help it. He goes. Um, I said, you take the piss out of me if I was on my deathbed, wouldn't I? He went, yeah. I said, what would you say? He said, I'd probably say something like, well. At least you don't have to worry about your council tax. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. He just... So was Paul was a was Paul a like a, someone you looked up to when you? Yeah, well, he was when he when I was on the ship, he come on as cabaret. Yeah, and he was there was him and Phil Doyle and Rudy West. They were the main comics who would sort of take me under their wing, you know, and help me along, and yeah. sort of listen to me and go, oh, that's good, that's you know, and stuff if- that, and and they'd really help me out with stuff, you know. And then me and Paul become really good friends, and then. God, when I found out how he died, it was fucking horrible. Like, so his wife caught... I'm sure Korea won't mind me telling you this. Um, but yeah, he had, an, he had a terrible accident. He fell off a balcony. Oh, um, and he, yeah, he, he was in intensive care and it was touch and go whether he was going to make it. And then if he did make it, he would have just been bed bound for the rest of his life. And, yeah. and, and his wife just said, you know, this is not what he would have wanted. And I says, I know. Did, did it have a massive impact on you at the time? You, oh, you... I was fucking heartbroken, mate. I rem- do you know, I remember before I had a gig that night when I'd found out he died. But I thought he, he would he would want me to be working. Mm. And funny enough, it was one of his clubs and all. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I'd have to do it. And I remember I sat there in this bar and I'd done about fucking six glasses of wine in. And I was yeah. just crying all day. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I need to fucking sort myself out. And I'd had a bit of food, turned up at the gig... I had a cup of coffee, I had a couple of pints of soda water and I'd done the gig and there were a bunch of rowdy bastards. I'm thinking, this is all I fucking need. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've been like yeah. sobbing my heart out all day because one of my best mates has just died. Yeah. And then, yeah, but I think that's another thing as well. Like you listen to stories. Do you remember Mike Reed? Yeah, yeah. He, he had an awful situation. His son was messing around. I'm not I'm not 100% quoted right on this story, but this is what someone told me. His son was messing around with a shotgun and shot himself, killed him, killed himself. Mm. And apparently Mike went to work that night, done a gig that night. I wouldn't be able to do it. And that's not taking nothing away from Mike. No, I know. People, people deal, deal with stuff different ways, but... Well, that's the thing as well, like, de- when you're a comedian, people forget that you could have had a bereavement and you've gone to work that night. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Of course. We've done, we've, I've done it. I've done it. My, my, my uncle died um, last year, the day before my gig. Like, I was found dead. And uh, I remember telling you, I think. I yeah. and, and then I was gigging the same night, and me auntie and, like, all my aunties and my mum and that said, just go to the gig still. And then as soon as I walked into the gig to do it, I think I was on with Larry Dean. Um, I went to the toilet, and as I went to the toilet, there was a local bloke in the toilet. And he was like, hey, James, all right. Sorry about your uncle Vince. Like, so and I'm ab- you. And I'm about to go on stage. And I'm thinking, I was, so it's like in the back of your mind. You don't mind. want to rem- be reminded. And you're trying to you like, know. you're trying to push it into the, you, know, you, try, you think I've got to go on there now and be really funny. Mm. But I'm also, I also know my family are in loads of pain. And I know like mm. everyone's in really, like it's a crap time. But like you've got to, yeah. and that's what, and it's not saying, oh yeah, look at us, we're heroes. Because to be honest, we have a good life. Doing of comedy, we, do. we have a great life. Of course it's not, we do. I'd rather, be do doing that. I'd rather be doing that than going on a... I was, sat, uh, I was sat doing this gig for a load of farmers and I was having dinner with them. I hate doing that, by the way. 
sitting having dinner with people before you have to go and Oh, yeah, I don't do it now. I just, I just, oh, I, just I, I, I always say to the agent, look, if it's a corporate, I say, can I just turn up and do it? Yeah. I don't want to sit with them. Like, no, no nothing against them. Yeah, it's because you're nervous and you've got things on your mind. Not nervous, but you're thinking, right, I've got a got job to do. You, when you, like what Liam's just said there, you've got a job to do. Sometimes, like, I, I have a, a, some people come to watch me gig sometimes and, don't get me wrong, I, I'm very, obviously you've seen me gig loads mm. and I'm very comfortable. When I go on stage, I'm very, I come across very confident. And anyhow, I think it's therapy sometimes, you know. But, yeah. But sometimes someone sharp. can be talking yeah. to me in the back room and I'm thinking like, and sometimes they don't know that, but I feel like saying to them like, mate, I'm going on in five. Like, give us yeah. a bit, of, give us a little bit of space. I don't yeah. know, like, you know, like I'm, I just need to get my head into yeah, the game. For, right for, on, you know, because yeah. you can't, you can't just like, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, when you're doing, when you're gigging all the time, I mean, like you what you're very busy at the moment and obviously which you are. And obviously when I was I'm still busy now, but when I was gigging constant on tour support and we were out like all the time, it becomes a routine. It becomes a like to the point where like I'm literally like texting before I'm about to go on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm literally like, right, I'm going on now. I'm literally and sometimes even for a laugh, I'd send Corinne like I'd I'd, I'd send her um uh, a rec- uh, you know, a WhatsApp when you record the the sound, yeah. I'd send a, a, a recording and say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, James Kilton. And then I press the recording off and put my phone in my pocket yeah. and walk on. <laughs> so she's like, I'm texting at that point saying, listen, I've got no time to text now. I'll see you. In, yeah, I'll yeah, speak yeah. to you in half an hour and let you know I've smashed it. <laughs> it's great that you have a wife who understands you as well. Cause like my wife, Amy, well, she's a dancer. Yeah, I'm not allowed to say wife yet. She doesn't let me. I'm, she's, we're not married, are we? Oh, you're not married. No, oh, sorry. No. I thought I didn't know you was married. No, 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 you we're weren't not married. married. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you've got a wife that understands what you do as well, yeah, yeah. that's an even that's just so much easier. Oh yeah, because definitely. otherwise the stress. I mean, even if you because I fly out, I do gigs abroad, and that you know, some people look at that like you've got this lovely glamorous life, and you know yes, you're sat in the sun drinking fucking sangria. Which, to be fair, I do sometimes. I'll get there, I'll have a couple of sangrias, I'll go and have me sleep, yeah. then I'll go and have something to eat, then do the show. But then I've got to be up the next day, six o'clock to catch a flight because I've got to get to another gig the next night in mm. fucking Birmingham or something like that, you know? <laughs> people don't realise. Whereas Amy gets that. She's been yeah. on the road with me. She knows. Whereas yeah. some people would go, I'm at home working all week while you're out there doing that. I'm like, yeah. Do you not realise I've had hardly any sleep in the past two yeah, days? Yeah, yeah. But like, I've, I've, up and I've had to... I, I, the last few days, I've gigged in... I was in Sheffield, like... Sheffield, drove to Sheffield, gigged Sheffield, drove back from Sheffield, drove back to Sheffield the next night. I didn't stay over because I wanted to be with my family a bit. Um, <clears throat> then drove to Grimsby the next night, then off back to Liverpool the next night and, and like back and forth. It was like something like over a thousand and some miles, you know, driving, like over yeah. a few flight felt. And, and then after them, like four days of being on them adrenaline highs and, and, and they've come you down. Crash, mate, you You crash. suddenly have like a day off and you're like, Woof, and it hits you, doesn't it? It hits you so I'm hard. I'm getting the train this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing the comedy lounge in Hull. Two nights. I'm on there next week. Yeah, oh, we're not on. So yeah. I'm on there. I mean, I'm I'm not, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm staying in hotel <laughs> for two nights because I just Amy's away anyway. So I thought I don't have to be home for anything. And also, sometimes it just takes that stress off you. Yeah. Because when you're driving, and especially the, the amount of idiots that are on the road, I get road rage, mate. Oh, yeah, mate. yeah. I get road rage like terrible. I you try know. my hardest not to. I want to fight people on that. Yeah. You know, like I like, followed a bloke once, and I felt bad. He lived in fucking, I can't remember where I was going. I was on my way back from Newcastle and I think I followed him to Washington. <laughs> Just mm. to prove a point to say, fuck, you know, don't cut me up again. Or, I, But then I was like, what am I, what are you doing? Yeah. 
I could have could have been home by now. Yeah, yeah. I got follow this bro. <laughs> like just because I went fucking Mr. Lunatic. I've I've got a mate, um who I think I told you before when we were talking about road rage, I've got a mate who we were driving across we were driving before he was driving. Yeah. And I just wish I was as chilled. He's probably one of my most chilled mates. Doesn't get in any trouble. He's just really one of the people who was really funny. He's called Craig. He's hilarious. Like like he's yeah. not on stage. He's probably one of the funniest people I've ever met in my whole life. Yeah. Like <laughs> and we were driving before and he as he went over the roundabout, he, he obviously like took the chance and there's a car coming towards him. And as the car's coming towards him, he went, Dun. you know, like my guy was like going Dun, and like shaking his head. And obviously me and you, if we were driving, we'd be like, oh, you're beeping up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he was like, seeing him, he's off it, isn't he? <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, you know, like buzzing over it. Yeah. But he's the same type of guy who's got loads of crack, you know, like he'll just say something like, yeah. like I said to him, oh, I was at a family party before and I said, oh, I said, oh, it was a good laugh. He's like, oh, was it any good? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, what were you doing? Just throwing popcorn in your face like Jim Carrey telling jokes, <laughs> you know, and dumb and dumber. You know, like he's just got like the crack, you know. But also like- when it comes to road rage, I remember when I was younger and I fucking, I, sometimes you, you let your mouth go before you look up. Yeah. And I'd done it before and this bloke was fucking massive and I shit myself up something <laughs> like 19 or something. Did and you, that should have learned me back then. Him, did you look at him and go, biggie, uh, the uh, do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Can't well, put, you would like to think so, wouldn't you? But then also, the bigger they are, the harder they hit. So yeah. you need to remember that can't as put, well. Can't put muscle on your chin, son. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... Um, and, and there's all that that goes with it, isn't it? You know, the travelling, the, the airports, the train stations, the service stations. It's hard to have a good diet as well. Oh, yeah, it is. Unless you... Yeah, I think t- you're more disciplined than me with regards to... I, I love a drink, mate. Like, you do I, like a drink. I when I finish work, I'll, oh, if someone's going out, I'm out, I'm there. You know mm. what I mean? And sometimes I go, well, oh my God, it, if I'm working every night, I don't. I think I, do- I like, I'll probably have a couple of, I won't bother on Friday in Hull, but then Saturday night I'll go, I'll have had, because I've got a double on Saturday, I'll have had two gigs and I'll go, I think there's a couple of people who I know coming to the gig on Saturday, so I'll probably have a couple with them. I won't go mad, but it's just a nice sort of wind down after yeah. the gig, you know? Well, you said when you come off stage, you do have that. You have that. It's like going on a roller coaster. You get that adrenaline rush. You get that massive high. Everyone's singing your name. It's the best thing ever. Then you back down to earth. You kind of need a, a bit of a pick me up to kind of process it. I guess I would imagine. Go, like I can do a gig and then finish and go in my hotel room. And if I'm I'm bang into something on Netflix, I'm like, I can't wait. I just want to finish the gig. I want to get back and I want to watch this on Netflix. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose yeah. like anyone else finishing work and wanting to get home to mm. have the tea and watch something, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And eating late at night, I've, I've stopped doing that. I'm trying to stop doing that. Because that's yes. how you just pile the bloody pounds on. Yeah. I think it's sat down as well, travelling, isn't it? You're not moving. No. I think, so I'm trying to get, now I'm trying to get back into the gym, I was telling you. I'm trying to just get out in the morning running or walking, running, and just get burned some calories. Because yeah. if you're travelling to a gig, you just sat down. So you're, you not, you're not burning any calories, you you're just yeah. burning a few calories. It's like you sat in an office at a computer all day. Yeah, just yeah. Cups of tea and a... You never see a skinny crane operator, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> like or a lorry driver. Yeah. Yeah. Unless him, it's it. genetics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you see, it, like... That... So, mate, a mate, my uncle, right, his mate has been doing a, this job and he's shifting fucking cement and he's doing this. He's literally lost about three stone mm. in, in two months just because of his job. Yeah, yeah. physical and sometimes job. Sometimes I think to myself, fucking hell... Like I've had four days off this, so I feel like I just want to go to work with him just to, <laughs> just to shift a couple of yeah. stone, you know? Yeah, yeah. I used to be mad into my fitness officer when I was boxing. I used, to, I used to be stupid though, like, you know, like like the training I'd do. And even when I was working away, 
the lads used to say, oh, he'll move the barrels and all that. He'll love it. He'll do it as a bit of fitness. Yeah. And, and I wasn't being thick doing it. I genuinely would be like, yeah, yeah I'll do oh, it. You know, good because it's... A bit of cracking out. Yeah. And, and we used to like lift these big barrels up with like like these few litre drums. I'd lift and I used to do like a farmer's walk with them, you know, lift, taking them to yeah. different content, thinking yeah. that this is a bit of a workout in my head, you know, constantly. Mm. You know, it was. I was never... Now I'm like... I've, but I've been watching a lot of um, David Goggins. Who's that? The... Is it David Goggins? It's David Goggins, isn't it? The, I can't remember. Motivation. I don't think I've heard But him. David Goggins in. He's an absolute machine. You'll know what I mean. Yeah. What, is he like a fitness guy oh, like Joe you'll Wicks? You'll know what I mean. You'll know exactly what I mean. Oh, no, he's bigger than Joe Wicks, man. Oh, is he the guy Joe Rogan was on about? Yeah, he's a And he's mo- an absolute machine. Yeah, if you put, it, put it, uh, videos into him and... and just put motivational or something after and if you just Didn't watch, he have a blood clot in his leg and still do yeah, like a fucking yeah. 20k run or something like that? Like he's something crazy? If you put David Goggins motivational stuff and he's just like, it's stay hard. Suppose that stay hard. Must be listening to us talking. It must about be a short, a short one where like best of motivational. Yeah, that, is, what, what, is there any that's like short? What's that one there? Yeah, click that one. Click that one. Turn it. This needs a ledge. Listen. Self-discipline is everything. <laughs> if you don't have it, I, I'll look at you right because I know you're capable of more. It's not discipline so much for me. It's all on you. It's all on you. The self part is what's big. Where you're going to fail and you're going to be in your head. You're going to be saying, I'm not good enough. And it's how you get through that. It's how you get through that on a daily basis when that thing is saying, man, I'm 43. I've done so much. You start to become civilized. The refrigerator gets full. You start making money and you start, I'm not getting cold anymore. I'm retired. At 40 people, should it be playing basketball or football or or, or beating them up? You start to believe this shit. And it becomes in your fucking mind like, there's people who are retired, you know, at 47 years old or or 37 years old. At 43, I'm still putting 100 mile weeks, still doing thousands of pull-ups, thousands of push-ups. Because I'm not allowing myself to become civilized. Do you get what I mean? Like he's, like, yeah. He's like, and and but he talks about. Um, and do you know he's right what he's saying there? Because like I'll I'll go and do jujitsu like once. Well, if I'm not injured, but I've done my ribs in lately. But I'll go once a week there. Yeah. And honestly, you you do that for an hour and you you're knackered. You're yeah, absolutely yeah. full. But then I'm going. Oh, what? like I've just, I've done exactly the same as what he was saying there. Oh, you know I'm I'm. I'm I'm reaching. Th- I'm 36 now. I'm nearly 37. I'm I'm sort of I'm pushing for. I'm doing well going there once a week. Well, actually no, because there's lads who go to jujitsu well, with 57 what, so, year old yeah. and they still manage a class. Yeah. So it should be a piece of piss for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And this I'm is just what, being a lazy man. You make excuses for yourself. Don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. I'm making excuses for myself. Yeah. Uh, so and it is excuses, 100% excuses. Um, and the reason I know this as well is because when I used to box, he says something that I used to think in my head. Because everyone used to say to me, and I was a lot younger then, obviously, when I was like 23-year-old going for five-mile runs every morning, just about every morning, as well as training on the night, people used to go to me up, how would you have the time? And like, I used to think, I used you to find say, the time. I used to say, you just make the time. Like, but because I was doing it that much, I was that fit with it. I was, I was hungry and I was, now I'm like, yeah, like I, I have used that excuse, the same thing he's saying. What like, have oh, I got to train for? That's what you think, yeah. don't you? What have I got to train for? And he says, you've got to train for, and he's right with what he says. You've got to train for your own yeah, you, you, if you respect yourself, yeah. And he's and he said, and the guy said, well, how do you, he says how do you do it then? If you've got nothing to train for, if you've got no marathons to run for anymore, you've got no like no he's, not, he's, he's not in because um, he was um, 
what's he called? He was uh Runner. No, he was he was uh, in the forces, but in um Oh he's a Marine. Yeah, I think he's a Marine. What they call Navy what's SEAL. It? Navy SEAL. He was oh, a yeah. SEAL. So if you've yeah. got no SEAL training to do, like you got nothing to what have you got what, what have you got to like yeah. train for? And he says, For myself to respect yeah. myself and he says and he says, And you know how I do it? And I thought, that's really good that we said he said, I'd do it, but he said, because I know there's loads of other motherfuckers who can do it. He said, and they're choosing not to do it, and I'm bettering myself. He said, and I keep that in my head. I'm thinking, they're sat on the couch, or they're sat when they had half an hour, 40 minutes this morning yeah. to go, instead of laying in bed or comfortable, and thinking, and I'd done it the other morning. Yeah. It sounds so stupid. And I felt mint all day. Yeah, I was a bit yeah, tired, don't get me wrong. Oh, but I went you know out. Why you, you, you know I why ran, you're tired. I ran for half an hour and I was looking at my, my watch and I'd burnt 450, 500 calories yeah. before I'd had breakfast. And I was like, if I do that every day, I'm yeah. going to keep mm. weight off. It is, Poshra, you, yeah. you're one one, of, like the, one of the best mentors I ever had, some of the advice gave me, he said, change your words, change your life. So if, I'm saying, if I'm saying to me, I can't do it, or I don't want to, oh, I'm struggling. Like, yeah, I'm not. How, how are you today, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm telling myself. There's a way around it. Yeah, There's always say, a way around it. You know what, I'm, fu- I'm fantastic, But we choose mate. to be lazy. It's yeah. like, I've just, uh, to be honest, I've chose to be lazy the past few weeks because I've ate my ribs yeah. and I just thought, well, I mean, I'll go for a walk. That's yeah. my thing. Mm-hmm. I'll go for, because I can't even, you can't even run when you've done your ribs in. Yeah, yeah. So, and I've just started doing my press-ups in the morning now. So I do like, a mate of mine showed me this thing. He's a Welsh singer. Carl Lewis, I'll tell you a story about him. It's brilliant. So basically what you do is you go on a press-up and you do one press-up, and then you hold it for one second, yeah, and yeah, you do two, much. and you wake up to ten. Yeah. And by the end, oh, good. your chest is killing you. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll do that, and then I'll go for my walk, and I'll do... So so I'm do, just starting to get back into it now. So when you're doing it, do you do it bollock naked, or...? Yeah, I do, actually, sometimes. It's quite liberating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just didn't ask that. <laughs> um, but my mate, Carl Lewis, he's a singer fucking amazing he's one of these people who like he's got an amazing voice and you go and you should have made it you know what I mean yeah. me and him once because he was living in when I was living in Torquay he come and stayed at the house um, where I was staying at and he said oh should we go to the fucking arcades like is it so we went to the arcades and we were on you know them mechanical horses oh, yeah. so fucking hell you don't realise yeah. how much they take out of you right so yeah. I like that fucking going for it on the mechanical horse anyway he beat me which pissed me off a little bit because I was getting quite competitive you know what I mean <laughs> yeah and um I think he, like, throughout the whole thing, he came seventh, I came eighth. And then he said, oh, fucking hell. He said, I'm knackered after that. I said, I know. I said, I am as well. I said, the thing is, I said, like, my cousin does that five times a day. He went, what? He said, he goes to the fucking arcades all the time. I said, no, he's a fucking jockey, you <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> As if a crone man would go, I need, I need to do me, uh, I need to do me mechanical loss <laughs> five times a day. You know what I mean? That's my secret, me. Salt, salt burn pier. <laughs> so we've got, um, obviously, your impressions. I'm going to name... Three impressions now. Go on. That I like, that I want you to do. Yeah. And just, so, I'm, is that all right with you? Yeah, yeah, go on. Great, so, Donald Trump talking about having a bad McDonald's order. Well, you know, everybody knows that they normally do a great McDonald's, but what's happened is I, I walk in and they know it's me. They know it's me. They know that I'm going into this McDonald's and somebody has clearly poisoned the food. They know... <laughs> They know as soon as I walk in there, I know exactly what they're up to. I knew I took a bite, I took a bite, and that was it. I said, you know what, this this is the worst burger I've ever tasted in my entire life, and I know exactly who did it. But the mainstream media will tell you that it was just a bad burger. It wasn't It wasn't a burger that was poisoned, it was poisoned. I can tell you categorically it was poisoned. And I just know what the media is saying is fake news. I will tell you it's a poisoned burger. <laughs> Sit with a cat, well done. All right, um... <laughs> 
Because I'm trying to think of someone that you do. Someone that you do good. You do all of them good. But I'm trying. Um, Michael McIntyre talking about the bad job that the car wash have done from the people in the car wash. <laughs> is it great? Uh, well, this is a nightmare. I literally <laughs> dropped off my children at private school. I wanted to drop off the car to the people who cleaned the car. I am sat there reading the newspaper. I look up and they are not cleaning the car. They are stood around talking. I don't know what language they're speaking in, but they're talking. They're talking away. I'm thinking, what is going on? I've left my car to get cleaned. This is a nightmare. I don't have a lot of time. I literally have to go and meet my accountant. But no, they are stood there. I'm like, lads. Well, I wouldn't normally say lads, but I wanted to fit in with them. I says, lads, what is going on? Why are you not cleaning my car? And he said, well, because I, 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 feel, like, uh, I feel like you're not paying me enough. I'm like, the fee is on the wall. Why are you saying I'm not paying you enough? I think, well, I tell you what, I'll give you an extra £2.50. I never it's very laughable with my income, but I will give you two bucks if you will clean my car. Is that okay with you? They start cleaning the car, and they're doing a shit. They might as well have cleaned it with dog shit. That's not bad. All right, another great one. That is so good. Oh, my cheeks are hurting. My cheeks are actually hurting. Now, my favourite one that you do to me on the phone. Yeah. Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> No, Danny Postal, absolutely brilliant guest, fantastic. I've absolutely loved Danny Postal being on. Uh, Liam's loved him. We've been excited uh, for Danny being on, and we'll yeah. get him on again. It's just been so much fun. It's like yeah. I've just come around for a cup, and we've just had it, and that's where a podcast is, isn't it, really? Yeah. Come to hang out and talk, talk, yeah. talk shite. So, Danny, <laughs> tell the camera where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Danny Postal Comedian. You can find me on YouTube, Danny Postal Comedian. You can find me on Twitter, at Postal Danny. Instagram, Danny underscore Postal. TikTok, I'm not on TikTok because I'm a grown-up. No, I'm joking. I'm on TikTok, <laughs> uh, uh, Danny Impressions. I'm on TikTok. So give us a follow on all them. Um, I've got loads of content coming out. Um, I just need to stop being a lazy bastard and edit it all and put it out there. So. Change your words, change your life, get them out. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> And if you've enjoyed the episode, hit subscribe, hit like, and also, because Danny's going to be coming back on, maybe he's comment a few impressions you'd like to hear him do. Put it in the comment box, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>